Thanks for downloading, streaming, subscribing, whatever you're doing to hear Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Do me a favor. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. But if you're going to do any shopping this week over on Amazon, please go to notsam.com slash Amazon. It's the exact same thing as going to Amazon.com, but a portion of your purchase will go to support Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. That's all I ask you to do. Any shopping that you'd normally be doing, Use notsam.com slash Amazon and help us keep this podcast free. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Oh boy, it's that week. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Before I go to Orlando, hours away from boarding a plane, there was something that I had to do. Oh, yes, this here wrestling podcast. Thank you for uh, listening, downloading, streaming, whatever you're doing, subscribing to this special WrestleMania preview episode. I figured, you know, I'm watching Raw, I'm watching SmackDown, and I'm watching them run down the card for this year's WrestleMania. And it is a supersized WrestleMania. There is so much stuff going on to talk about. I figure, why not give you guys a jumbo-sized wrestling podcast to celebrate the fact that it's WrestleMania? Now, some of you are saying, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because since there's more WrestleMania, there should be more podcast. Some of you, who probably are a little better at math, are saying, Sam, we have less free hours this week because there's much more wrestling. Why would you give us even more content? But then you realize, wait, I love more content. Thank you, Sam Roberts. And to you, I say, you're welcome. So here we are. I am flying out to Orlando in a matter of hours. Uh, I'm really, I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this weekend. If you want to keep up with me, the first thing you can do is check out uh, SiriusXM. So on Friday morning, this Friday morning, the Friday before WrestleMania, live, myself and Jim Norton will be on WrestleMania Radio Row. Of course, some of the interview questions might be a little more mainstream uh, than some of you are used to with my very inside wrestling talk here on the show, but... I promise you they're going to be very entertaining, and I'm going to be co-hosting. So you know I'm going to get my stuff in like always. It's going to be a, 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 a blast. Jim Norton and I will be at WWE Access starting at 8 a.m. Eastern on XM103 Series 206 Live, and we will be talking to talent, WWE talent, who's in town for WrestleMania for the entire show. Not just one guest, not guest two guests, not just two guests, the entire show. So you're going to want to check that out live. Of course, I will be getting additional interviews that we will uh, play and cover here on the Wrestling Podcast. I just can't promise you that all the SiriusXM interviews will be here on the Wrestling Podcast. So if you want to get it all, you're going to want to listen to both. So that's Friday, Saturday night. Make sure you tune in to NXT TakeOver Orlando 30 minutes early. Show starts at 8 p.m., starting at 7.30 p.m. on the WWE Network. It's going to be me, Charlie Caruso, and Nigel McGinnis, the three of us sitting on the panel, breaking down everything that's going to happen at TakeOver Orlando on the pre-show. And I'm so excited. You know, 
I've been a fan of of Nigel McGuinness. I've met Charlie before, and she does an amazing job. But just as a as a wrestler, I've been a fan of Nigel McGuinness for a long time, and I don't think I've ever gotten the chance to meet him. So that's especially exciting for me. And then Sunday is the big night, WrestleMania 33, and uh, you know there's seven hours of programming to fill. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw this face somewhere in the mix of those seven hours. So make sure you're tuned in to the entire thing as if I have to tell you, right? As if I have to tell you. So yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, I'm very, very excited, plus everything else that's happening. Um, I wanted to bring in uh, a couple of friends to break down WrestleMania. One person that I trust with every fiber and being of my soul to help me break down uh, this show as it's happening in current day, and that's Katie Linendahl. She will be on the show in just a little bit, but I wanted to start with Dan Soder, a favorite here on the podcast and another friend of mine. Dan Soder, not only because he has a good take on what's going on right now, and I want to get his opinion on some of the stuff happening at WrestleMania, but there's nothing better, and go back and listen to our SummerSlam preview show. Like, I ended up getting excited for SummerSlam last year, based on the conversation I had with Soder about SummerSlam 91. So I'm going to get into uh, everything WrestleMania match by match with Katie Linendahl in just a little bit. But first, we break down uh, uh, WrestleMania and everything in the history of WrestleMania with Dan Soder here on the podcast. Let's go to Dan. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Welcome back. To Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, Dan Soder. Hey. How you doing, man? What's up, dude? It's WrestleMania week. So, it is WrestleMania week, and that's why I thought it was valuable to have you on. I always like talking to you, especially about the big pay-per-views. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, as I will admit what I am, and that is a, I'm a fan, but a casual fan. Right. We're not going to go in depth. I mean, honestly, I feel like over the last year or so, you've become, oh, I think since SummerSlam, You've become more than a casual fan. You always seem to have an opinion on what's going on, even during kind of the dead season. And yeah. maybe maybe that's because... So the big four is, are worked out weird now, because it's like WrestleMania... You know, they kind. Of, I I feel like WrestleMania is the end of the year. Yes, it's the, it's you know it's their Super Bowl, so, which is always they've tried always tried to have. So like theoretically, that. as far as the big four, starts in August with SummerSlam. Yeah. Then November, a couple months later, Survivor Series. Then January, two months later, with Royal Rumble. And then? Then WrestleMania. But then you've got March, you got April through August with no big fours. That's kind of a lot on one end. Yeah, and that what they? That's why they originally tried to do with King of the Ring. Added the June show. And now Money in the Bank. Yeah, but those, like, Money in those the Bank. Those aren't the big ones. Yeah, but especially now, because there's there's so much more of an emphasis on the big four. Yeah. Because of the brand split. Yes, because the big four are the only times you see the brands cross over. I would like to, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the other, uh, when I came on for the Royal Rumble podcast, but I would love to see the big four have more crossover matches. Oh, like, uh, like fantasy warfare type stuff. Yeah, well, like, like, Taker Roman is kind of like that. But not really, because now it seems really like... really like that, because now you're like, oh, so Taker's just on Raw. <laughs> right. Or, until WrestleMania, and then right. I thought he's he was probably on, done. I thought he was on SmackDown before. Yeah, he showed up at SmackDown to be like, SmackDown, if you lose the Survivor Series, and you're like... That's the thing. Like, Undertaker was like, I'm back, and I'm digging holes and taking souls, and I'm like... Wait, 
You didn't have any matches. You just, yeah. or you're just in the you're Royal just, Rumble. You're doing, you, you did the Rumble. Well, he's taking souls now, throwing over two guys over the top rope. He's taking one soul. Maybe. He really was a dad that was like, I'm going to be back in your life now. I got a job in the area, and I'm going to see you all the time. And you're like, Dad, you coming around? He's like, I am busy at work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to, we're supposed to hang out more. Yeah, and Ambrose was like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, Dad's coming home. Dad, yeah. No, he's here. Yeah, no he's worry. coming. He's coming. He said he would be here. Um, I'm excited for the Ambrose match. Well, listen. Let's, uh, you, I, I think uh, your point about the, the brands crossing over, that seems like it's going to be more of a Survivor Series specialty. Yes. Right. It's the like team that, versus team. That's what makes, so you got WrestleMania is WrestleMania. And Royal Rumble. SummerSlam is SummerSlam. Right. So Survivor Series, the specialty is you're going to get a Raw versus SmackDown team match, women's match, whatever. And then Royal Rumble, everybody's going to be interacting. So I guess that's how they keep those shows special. But you said you're not as excited as you want to be about WrestleMania. This is just a year, um, I think what it is, is was, and this goes back to WrestleMania 30. In New Orleans? Yeah, yeah. It was so good that the past three years have kind of, including this year, been like, it just, I, the build didn't seem, there, there's certain stuff that I love. I love the Rollins-Triple H match. Mm -hmm. I love Jericho and Owens, even though, I, you know, the buildup, Lost me for a little bit of it. Petered out a little bit towards the end. It was too obvious that uh -huh. that's the way they were going to go. Uh -huh. um, Lesnar Goldberg, cool. I don't know how long that match is going to go. I don't know how good of a match that's going to be. But I mean, I'm excited for Ambrose. I'm excited. I love Baron Corbin. Yeah, Baron Corbin and and Ambrose have had. That's a cool angle, and I always like that. But it just doesn't feel like WrestleMania for me, where I'm like, oh shit. I mean, I still am excited. I think it's. I I, I feel like first of all. The WrestleMania bar has been raised so high. Like, this was not... When WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 11, WrestleMania 12... Like, WrestleMania was not this big then. Well, okay. And, That's and, like saying the Super Bowl wasn't as big. But that doesn't mean... I think... I also I also think that WrestleMania almost has, like... Because uh, uh, Super Bowl, it's always the spectacle, right? Like, you've, you'll very rarely go into the Super Bowl not expecting a good game because it's le it's legit you know yeah. what i mean you're not like worried about storyline yeah 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 but i guess the thing is just it seems like some of the matches at wrestlemania um, i like i would have loved to have seen an aj styles and you know uh, broke on your podcast the Shawn michaels now that's not going to happen but right I, I would have loved an aj styles samoa joe as opposed to samoa joe and and sammy Zayn, which is okay that's not even happening that's not even happening yeah so is samoa yeah. joe even on the card i don't is he in the pre-show no because sammy Zayn's in the andre battle royal oh yeah i don't and braun Strowman's in the andre battle and royal. so is big show and that's the whole angle they worked on raw this big show's in the battle yeah. royal a bunch of guys from smackdown are in the battle royal but see it's like Kurt hawkins is in the battle royal hey but uh i don't know that samoa joe is but yeah the battle royal is on the pre-show so, so yeah there you go you're Gonna right be watching it. that so so let me let me so i just think there's like guys i also think that to be fair to wrestlemania the build-up i think that on paper this year's WrestleMania is better than the last two on yes. paper yes. and is certainly better even better than 30 if you're looking at 30 a month before. 
Because you remember, like, oh, yeah, because Wrestle- they were going to do that. They right. were going to do Batista Orton. WrestleMania 30 became awesome when Dan- because of that Daniel Bryan thing that yes. was kind of that once in a lifetime moment. Where which- it led up, where it, and that opened it with a great match. Yeah. And that's going to go down as one of the great WrestleManias ever. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is like the adapting. I think they really had a shot to do that this year with AJ and then to give him Shane McMahon. After they did Taker Shane McMahon last year, you're kind of like, I'm sick of watching Shane get thrown around. And I like Shane. I love him as a GM. I love the fact that he's taking bumps. I love the fact that he'll get in the ring and work. But I don't like the fact that you're using your best superstar, in my mind. AJ. AJ Styles. Uh, you know, a close second is an uninjured Seth Rollins. But I think AJ is the best worker right now. I think he does the best match. He always does the best matches. Yeah, he does. I mean, Cena and, and AJ stole the show at SummerSlam. Uh, and, and then again on uh, at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So to put him with Shane just seems to me like, damn it. Like, ah, why couldn't you have gotten him a Samoa Joe or gotten him a, an opponent? You know, I know Finn's working some shows, but like, Not that's why can't we have a crossover in that sense? Not yeah. all crossover, but like. Well, so, so this is what's interesting based on what you're saying is like, because for me, I'm enjoying the fact that every, every match for my money, every match at WrestleMania has a, a reason for being and has a story, which isn't a given. Yes. Like, they're all... There's a there's a story well, to everything. And maybe part of what you're saying is that the fact that everything has a story that is well-plotted... Like, let's let's go over it. Like, Brock Lesnar versus Ro, uh, 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 Goldberg. That's years in the making. Years in the you yeah I guess you could argue that that's twelve years. Another of a story. WrestleMania that's a great third uh, to last match. Roman Taker that's been going since at least Royal Rumble. Yeah. Kevin Owens Chris Jericho that's since August arguably. And I'm not really against any of these matches. But Shane AJ so but Shane AJ that was two weeks ago. Well, technically, it the, was it started. See, this is why I'm not mad at that because. I don't think... I mean, I know that that wasn't the plan from the beginning because, obviously, Sean told us that they offered him the match. Yeah. But at some point, they decided to go back and make sense of this thing because, technically, the Shane-AJ match starts right before Elimination Chamber when AJ goes, I didn't get a rematch against John Cena. Yeah. And they go, well, you're in the Elimination Chamber. He never got... The one-on-one. And that's the history of the match. So you can go back, but I think that, and and tell me if I'm reading you wrong, but almost having stories for every match that go deep takes away that unpredictability thing of like, oh, this is just happening right now in front of our eyes. My point is that I don't think WrestleMania should be the end of all those stories. A lot of them, it could be the beginning of some stories where you carry over a rivalry into a Money in the Bank, where maybe the WrestleMania match starts, like doesn't start the the feud, Mm -hmm. but builds the feud and takes it to the next level, where it's like, you beat me at WrestleMania, now I owe you this ass-kicking, and it just continues over the weeks on Raw, Yeah, no matter who the match is. Uh, I mean, obviously, Jericho Owens, I think the problem with that storyline was everyone knew it was coming. It's mega powers. It was mega powers, but it was also like for the people that love Kevin Owens, it was a bummer because you knew the belt was coming off. You just knew it because you you're knew like Goldberg. they're not going to do heavyweight champion versus U.S. champion. You know they're not going to do world champion. Yeah. Versus U.S. with Jericho and Owens, they're just not going to do that. Yeah. Even though it's going to be a fucking hell of a match, and right. you know it's going to be a great match. Right. But 
it's like, oh man. And I think a lot of fans were bummed because you're like, we see it. Well, it was also, it was done, and I said this on my show. I didn't have a problem. I don't have a problem with Goldberg. I think Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar needs that title more than uh, Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho does. Yeah, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho can't get over with the U.S. title. Yeah, and and you're just interested. It doesn't even need the U.S. title, really. I mean, no. you, it's just the story. I want to see. The, bring, give me the payoff yeah. so we can move forward. And 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 yeah, give me the payoff to this thing that for most of the winter was the most entertaining thing on Raw. It was great. Like, give me the payoff. It made Raw. It made Raw. SmackDown is the better show, but it made Raw fun. I agree with that. I think though that Brock Lesnar and Goldberg are helped immensely by having that title because for me. Because it's not a rubber match, because Goldberg is already, I mean, Lesnar, yeah, Goldberg's up 2-0. Yeah. So it's almost like if Lesnar beats Goldberg at WrestleMania, and there's no title on the line, there's no nothing, okay, he beat him, but like, yeah, you're right. give me, this, give me this something is, to it. This is the plus, this and is the additional one that Lesnar gets if he wins. I think there are, there are moments, like, here's the moment that I think people haven't thought about that is just going to... Grab people. First of all, I think there's going to be a lot of moments at WrestleMania, and I think that there will be surprises because I think usually we go into WrestleMania with similar feelings to what you have, which is I see the card, I know how it plays out. Exactly. And then Seth Rollins walks out the champion, and you're like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. Right. 30, 31 totally went over with Seth Rollins cashing in money in the bank. Yes. 30. And I know I'm I'm, I'm saying Bryan. it's the best right now because it's hindsight. Yeah. But remember, I was bummed out that Lesnar and Undertaker were in it together. I'm like, he already beat Lesnar. Why are we doing this again? And then Lesnar won, and you're like, oh, oh my god. And that's what made it great. So you're right. Yeah. And I and I'm I'm totally and willing to admit that I could be completely wrong. Come Monday, I could be like, 33 was. But you're the just greatest. talking about how you're feeling going in. Yeah. I'm just yeah. Feel, I'm just saying like. Listen, I'm having people over. I'm excited. Totally. I got the day off. The girlfriend gave me the day off to be like, I know you're going to watch WrestleMania and, you know, probably watch an, a couple old ones with friends over and have pizza, play No Mercy on Nintendo 64. Totally. Really go after it. Have a fun, full day. Awesome. But I'm not like... Yeah. You're like, more excited for the for the event than anything specific that's going to be happening. Yeah. I'm like, Goldberg that. Lesnar will be cool. But I'm more excited to see the surprises if... Uh, Nakamura, if Finn Balor shows back up, I don't think he'll show. I, I don't think any... that's raw on the next. That's exactly, raw I think because I, I think WrestleMania is the time to end things. But I like the idea, and I felt like sometimes back in the day, they would they they would take something from WrestleMania and then it would grow into something else. Yeah, and I, and I liked when they did that. It, it just feels like all of the storylines this year so are it's a little predictable. Well, it's all the end of this. Sure, sure. Where in some ways you... But I could be wrong and there could be a swerve and then the next thing you know... But tell me what you think. Like, for me, I'm like banking on this moment being the moment. Like, I can't wait. I, I'm going to get goosebumps. I already know because I've done it in my head. Yeah. Like, what have we seen every time Goldberg and Brock Lesnar meet physically, including on Raw? It's quick. It's quick. Goldberg spears him. Yeah. Brock goes down and there's this oh my God moment. So how about this? What happens when we get to WrestleMania and it's we know what Goldberg's arsenal is? And the reason that's important to f- figure out is because the character of Brock Lesnar, that means he also knows what mm-hmm. Goldberg's arsenal been is. Beat by it. So tell me what happens when you're sitting there and you're watching and you're like, eh, and the bell rings and Goldberg goes for the spear and Brock Lesnar 
moves out of the way. Yeah, and then it becomes the match. And then you're like, oh my god! And Gold, and then Goldberg looks at Lesnar like, wait a minute, you figured out my my two moves. Uh, that'll be uh, listen. And we, then and then Brock Lesnar is smiling, looking above him instead of looking up at him. Yeah, and you're like. Brock is back, I, and I love I love a good Brock Lesnar push. Yeah, because right? of Heyman, because of Brock. I mean, I lo- I'm a big Brock Lesnar guy. Yeah, I love the Beast Incarnate. I love Paul Heyman. I love Goldberg. So I'm excited for that. Are you? Match. Are, how do you feel about the potential? I hope that Brock Lesnar wins the match. I hope he wins the yeah, title. Absolutely. How turn do you him back into turn him back into Superman? How do you feel? Yes, I actually and I loved Paul Heyman's promo on Raw because yeah. I felt like I was like, wait a minute, Goldberg is Superman. But Brock Lesnar is Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Doomsday killed Superman. Yep. Yeah. So it's like really that thing of like make him the supervillain. So what do you... What and do then you, th- you could do a Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, you can do... Well, yeah, what do you think of him as champion starting on Monday? Love it. I love it because then you're going to see the people he brings in and there's a chance... I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing a good heel stable. I th- a I, Heyman heel stable would be fun. I believe, and, and that's why I like... Uh, like at at the house show that I went to over the weekend when it was Kevin Owens, Triple H, Dude, and I'm, Samoa Joe on the same team, you're like, that's a stable. I loved it. It was Kevin Owens, Triple H, and Samoa Joe. Yeah, I mean that's and I love that Samoa Joe came out with the Jericho thing. So they might be alluding right. to that. Yeah, because listen, you can go, you can go the Triple H way where it's like you know it's the corporate, it's right. it, it's Triple H, and they're all in suits and, they, and then they put on their gear when they wrestle, but. I wouldn't mind seeing a Heyman stable with Lesnar. Something you know, I'm new. I'm wearing a Bobby Heenan shirt right now, but it is like Heyman is Heenan and Lesnar is Andre the Giant, and then the rest of the family you fill in with like, um, you know, you, you, maybe you pick up Roman. Right. Maybe Roman joins the stable. I've right. been saying that for years. Right. I've been saying you put Heyman with Roman. I think and he's said, his, we talked about that yeah. at one point or another. Yeah. If he's a heel, if Roman Reigns is a heel, you take the bulletproof vest off him and make him a Heyman guy, and Heyman goes full heel with him. I was I, I was watching. I've watched the last several weeks thinking like why aren't there stables like why like I I, I get there's a better there's not it's the, especially the, on raw where there's a lot of guys exactly and the time is right for like, a stable what if there was a what if there was a cruiserweight stable of guys that were like fuck you to the non cruiserweights like what if a cruiserweight stable came in and did a nexus type thing and then just started doing flip kicks and and, and beating up big guys yeah and taking that's out that's cool right like yeah like kind of like pygmies taking out an elephant <laughs> exactly i mean it would be badass but i think it would be awesome to have like a brock and a roman and then maybe a couple cruisers and then maybe like the usos or you, you put someone with them almost like so like a cross yeah like a Heyman what, what stable if, yeah what if Heyman pops up on smackdown and he Go- represents guys on both Brand. How great would that and be? And that's where you have brand crossover, where the rest, the the guys, the superstars, aren't going show to show. No, but Heyman. But is. we know that the Heyman stable is he's orchestrating it because he's he's an advocate. He's an he's advocate. He's not exclusive to one. And brand. by the way, the phrase that's over is my name is Paul Heyman, and it's like then you can go into yeah. your stable. You don't have to go into Brock Lesnar. No, because when he says Brock Lesnar, it's cool as shit. Yeah. What if Mojo Rawley starts wearing black and awesome. and is less hype? And is a Paul Heyman guy. I mean, Heyman, they tried it with Cesaro. They tried it with people that I think just weren't a good fit. But I think there are certain guys that could go heel, like Roman Reigns, like Mojo, like a couple other guys. Yeah. Where a Heyman stable out of WrestleMania. It's fun. And by the way, it gives Brock the ability to leave for a little bit. Yes. Because now Heyman's involved. But I don't. you don't know if Paul Heyman wants to work that much. 
Who knows? I mean, that's a lot of road. That's I a mean, lot of. Yeah, he wouldn't have to. He could still just do TV, though. Ah, oh, dude. He didn't have to go to the house shows. Yeah, I just think it'd be great to have Heyman with the stable, and I, I think it would set up a lot of guys to be better heels mm-hmm. because they'd be outnumbered, like Seth Rollins and Finn. Because, like, you know, I would love to see another Finn Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins is full babyface. He's now. a good guy, yeah. Yeah. Even his promo, I didn't like his promo with the contract signing. because the, I did. I, I liked, like, he's like, I'm going to take back who I am. Yeah, that's what I really liked. But I love when Seth Rollins is a little bit of a dick. Right. Because he's good at it. He's good at being just a little bit of a dick. Well, he's a, like a likable dick. He's a great natural bad guy. Yeah. Well, And they had his moment to make it work as a good guy. But that was when he first came back. Exactly. And Roman had to be the good guy and he had to be the bad guy. And that's why everything got muddled. His pop, when he came through... At the pay-per-view. That's why I'm telling everybody, like, before you watch WrestleMania this weekend, go back and watch that Seth Rollins comeback WWE 24 documentary they did for the network. Because when we first watched it, we were left to feel confused because I was not alone. I watched that documentary being like, okay, I just realized Seth Rollins is my favorite wrestler. And then it was like, but he's a bad guy. Yeah. Watch it now that he's a good guy and he's fighting Triple H and it will all make sense. It all makes sense. It's just the timing was off. And and you definitely think that's a thing of like, maybe they were grooming that and they're like, this is going to happen. And then Vince was like, you know, let's have Roman be the right. good guy. Look at the vascularity. The vascular, <laughs> Fucking um, Bruce Prichard's Vince <laughs> is my number. Fuck SNL. Bruce Prichard's <laughs> Vince McMahon is my number one. So let's talk about WrestleMania. What's your so? If, that's how you feel about this. What's your favorite WrestleMania? This is hard because I mean you go back to the you and know, some of it you look at thirteen and under. I'm a kid yeah. and it's really nostalgic because I'm the same age as WrestleMania. I'm thirty three. Me too, bro. Yeah, Isn't it the it, best? It's the best because yeah. you're like. It's it's hard to th- I like I couldn't imagine being like forty five and being like WrestleMania fifteen rows. I was like I was fifteen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was watching. Yeah. Um, nineteen is up there. Hogan Rock. Yeah. Because that was just so iconic. No, that's eighteen. Uh, that's eight. It was that. Eight, that In was eighteen. Toronto. Oh yeah, Stone Cold uh, Rock was, was seventeen nineteen. Yeah. 15, 17, 19. Exactly. Um. But 18... 18 was great. Nineteen was great. Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. All really good. Really good. Sixteen was not good. No. No. And then um and then. In, in recent histories, I loved, tw- uh, what was Flair Michaels, 28? 24. Four. That was tw- the last time they were in Orlando. That's the same building. Yeah, it's 24. WrestleMania 24, that was also Edge versus Undertaker, yes. which was great. That was a fantastic match. Yep, that was the Money in the Bank. CM Punk won that Money yep. in the Bank. That's Young Punk coming up. That was yep. before he got the belt. But you Travel kinda... Guerrero versus Kane. Oh, <laughs> you're pulling some real undercards. Lasted about 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, but I, but. Yeah, that was a good one. And then in recent, I'd say, like I said, 30. Yeah. I, I didn't like 31, even though I'm a 49ers fan, and it was at Levi Stadium. Even with the Rollins win? The Rollins win was the best part for me. Yeah. What really ruined it. Yeah. What really ruined it. Uh-huh. Taker's entrance when it's light outside. You and, can't do yeah. mysticism in the day. And Bray had all his like haunted scarecrows, but it was sunny. It was sunny in Santa Clara weather. It was You're tough. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember that being tough. Yeah, watch because 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 it was Santa Clara, the sun it, we'd do it three hours earlier because of the time difference. Yeah. So the sun wasn't going down, so it wasn't really dark at all until the final match. Until the main event, which was Lesnar, uh, Brock, uh, Lesnar Roman. Yeah. So like Seth had his moment with the dark sky, great holding up the title, with the fireworks. But great. beyond that, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Also, we completely have skipped over the match that I hope closes it out, but I don't know if it is. I mean, Orton Wyatt is going to be 
super good. I don't think it'll. I don't think it has a prayer of closing it. No, out. No, no, it'll be. They'll close out with Lesnar. I think Goldberg. they will. My my pipe dream is that they close out with Rollins Hunter. I don't think they will. I think that'll be the middle of the card. Well, let's see if they learn. You know, that's we were just talking about WrestleMania 18. That should have closed it out. Was Hogan, Hogan Rock. Rock? And I think they made a mistake. Like WrestleMania is going to be a really long show this year. Just like it was last year was four and a half hours plus a two-hour pre-show. What time does it start? Six p.m. Eastern. Seven, but the pre-show starts at five. It's a two-hour pre-show from five to seven. Okay. And then it starts at seven, and it'll go until eleven thirty. Yeah. Maybe close to midnight. It's a lot of wrestling. Ends up being a long show. Last year. Maybe Roman Reigns beating Triple H was not the greatest thing to end the show since a lot of the fans were not Roman Reigns fans. Roman is a heel turn. It's gonna be here great. it comes. Well, okay. So, what's your favorite? What's your what? What are what's your favorite WrestleMania match? Because it is all time. It is tough to do event because there's always gonna be like, you know, like all those WrestleManias you just mentioned. But then, oh, but there was also Shawn and Undertaker. Like, oh, is that my favorite no, WrestleMania? Or my favorite entrance. Match? Was, Sean? It was the Undertaker Sean match. With Sean coming down in, in, the, the, in the all white, white? and yeah. an Undertaker coming out in the black. That was badass. Yeah, that was badass. But the match, my favorite WrestleMania match of all time, is the one that I that I, I go back and watch all the time is Mega Powers Explode WrestleMania Five. Hogan That's a, Savage. Yeah, because Hogan is tough to watch with certain guys, but Savage makes it such a great match. Well, because it's it's almost like with that match when you watch that match. You don't need, like, there was a, a build-up, there was a year-long build-up for that match. Yeah. But you don't need to watch the year-long build-up. Nope. You feel the entire story within the confines of the match. Yeah, and then it's like, when, when yeah, with Elizabeth ringside, I mean, yeah. it was just great. It really was just good. great. The promos they cut uh, going into the match. Yeah. The night of. Yeah. Was just great with Macho Man just all ramped up. Yeah, and it was. It's weird that like as a kid you side with Hulk because you're like, he's a good guy. He's trying to be good, and then now at 33, I'm totally on Randy's side. Right. You had jealousy in your eyes. You got jealousy in your eyes. Yeah. yeah. You did. You got wandering eyes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've had arguments with girlfriends where I'm like, oh, I went real macho man. On that. <laughs> I'm like, I texted you an hour ago. <laughs> uh, but you get it now. Yeah. And it's. I mean, that's how good and and you know Bruce Pritchard talked about his podcast. But the psychology of the writing of that. And it was like it was one. It was like a Pixar movie in the sense, that, like as a kid, you're like, oh cool, Hogan versus Macho. But as an adult, you're like, oh that bitch. That bitch. <laughs> You know what I Not mean? Even like you that got bitch, it. but it's like Hogan, you dick. Yeah. Why are you, you coming in and messing yeah. something up? Yeah. My, 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 you know, Randy and Elizabeth right. had something great. Like as like as adults, me and you would be sitting there being like, you know what? Hogan probably did want the world title from the beginning. Absolutely. We'd he be did. sitting there having the Roman Reigns conversation about Hulk Hogan. At one thousand percent. But all the little kids They're would like, be like, I'm Randy's a Hulkamania. A bad friend. Right. Right, and we'd Hulk be, was a good guy, and ran, and Macho Man's a bad friend. And me and you would be like, "What are they going to turn Hogan heel? Nobody likes him." And just all the got, kids yeah. would be like, "He's the greatest thing ever." He'll never turn heel. Like, <laughs> Let's just wait till a little thing called a bash at the beach. <laughs> You're about to watch uh, the greatest heel turn of all time. He'll never be in WCW. WCW. Yeah, that. So, um, so I always bring up that match too. Um, what's your favorite WrestleMania match? Well, I was thinking about it. My. Favorite, favorite match is also a Savage match, but it's Warrior versus Savage from, from WrestleMania the Macho 7. King. Yeah, the Macho King. That's the scepter. The career-ending match. Yeah, that was Loser. That was WrestleMania 7. That was their first career-ending match. It wasn't even Loser Lee's Town. It was a career. It's a career-ending match. Do you remember the Saturday Night Main Event 
where I think it was Perfect Warrior. I don't know. It might have been DiBiase Warrior. It was DiBiase Warrior. And Macho Man interfered, and he broke the no, scepter. You're, no, I do, but that was Royal Rumble. That was Royal Rumble. And it was Slaughter Warrior. Yes. See, and this is the problem. Like, I can't realistically sit here and tell you WrestleMania Seven is my favorite WrestleMania because Hogan versus Slaughter is the main event. And while, you know, I I kind of... A part of me enjoys the idea of using that war for storyline. Yeah. Horribly distasteful, really disrespectful, but so pro wrestling. Perfectly pro wrestling. I can't an American say. icon that goes and becomes an Iraqi sympathizer. While we're at war with Iraq. And like, then Hogan is going to wear a red, white, and blue bandana. I think the reason why I like right. that is is so much is because, like, you know, the story is that they didn't expect him to go to war, and I can buy that. But the fact that they were like, they just doubled down on it. Yeah. They just decided, we're just going to double down on it, whatever. Go. Just Screw go. it. Like, this, we're just going to do it. That, to me, is so funny that that would happen. Oh, and they were like, bring it's back great. the Iron Sheik. Is he the Iron Sheik? No. Because no. he was involved with Iran. No, no, no. Iraq. Iraq. We need this guy to be from Iraq. Oh, Iran's mortal enemy. <laughs> He's been the bad guy from Iran all through the late 70s and 80s. Oh, that was that was the Iron Sheik. Oh, the Iron Sheik. Colonel Mustafa. Colonel Mustafa is Colonel Mustafa's from Iraq. And you're like, <laughs> all right. Even as a kid, you're like, nah, I know that's the Iron Sheik. Yeah, he still got the, the horned boots. Why are you putting the boots? Are you going to tell me it's not the Iron Sheik when you put the same boots yeah. on him and He's, then have him do the camel clutch? He still got those Xavier Woods boots. That's not <laughs> That's not any Mustafa. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so, but... But, I mean, you can't honestly sit there and be like a WrestleMania headline by Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter is the best WrestleMania of all time. But that is my favorite. The The Macho Man Warrior match is my favorite match. Number one, because it's it's Ultimate Warrior's best match by a mile. Well, because it's with Savage. Right. It's a, like it's exactly what you were saying about Savage. He makes everybody look good. Right. It was, so it, the same way Bret Hart and Kurt Henning. Right. But it was like, a, and it was, it was a great story. Yeah. And you, at the end of it, Number one, you buy that it's the end of Macho Man's career, and he did go into commentary after that. He was he was back at Survivor Series, I think, right after Survivor. Series. You mean in the ring or on the mic? No, 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 in the ring. Because he was on Raw. I mean, like almost. Well, not that. I mean, Raw was later. Yeah, but he, didn't he start? He didn't start Raw off, did he? Mm-hmm. With Rob Bartlett. Yeah. Man. Wow. Yeah. Your knowledge goes super deep. Yeah, I I swear, Rob Bartlett. Is a friend of mine now because he works on Imus' show. Oh yeah, and so like we just know, and he's come into the studio before, and all I do is be like, "What was the first thirteen weeks of Raw like?" Because everybody hated him. He's known as one of the worst <laughs> commentators of all time. He's so aware Rob Bartlett is of how much people just hate the fact that he did that. <laughs> but like, like, and when you watch it, and poor anybody trying to get over with wrestling fans. I I applaud you and Rosenberg for trying to go up there. But at least Rosenberg and me know wrestling, and like yeah. the people know that we both are like mega fans. Bartlett didn't have a clue. Oh. They were just like, we need somebody who's, who's gritty, who sounds like New York radio. And obviously, Vince just listened to Imus yeah. and knew Rob Bartlett was funny. So he was like, we'll put you on there. And, you know, I mean, forever, I think the WWE's goal has been to be more mainstream. And sometimes that means doing things that appeal to people who are non-wrestling fans. Yeah. And I think in their minds, they thought, well, we'll bring in this Rob Bartlett. He's just going to sound like a funny broadcaster, and it will appeal to non-wrestling fans because he's not a wrestling fan. Yeah. Not realizing that the audience would just take a dump on him. I hate him. Most hated. And he's so aware of it. Oh. And then he goes, yeah, he goes, no, they got cold on me. And then 
the one week when Vince wasn't there and I just came out as Vince McMahon and did my Vince McMahon impression for the entire broadcast, that was when they stopped calling me. That's so funny. But if you go go to the network and find that episode of Raw, I think they were in Poughkeepsie, and he does, it's Gorilla Monsoon, Macho Man, and Rob Bartlett as not Vince McMahon. <laughs> and he just does Vince. And he's not doing the, you know, the, the Sam Roberts or Bruce Pritchard or like over Vince McMahon. He's doing commentator Vince McMahon. Like, oh, what a maneuver! Like that Vince McMahon. I'm going to go home and watch it. It's really funny. I'm definitely going to go home and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's cringy. And I'm excited to see like, I like going back and watching those kind of Raws because you're like, what was the third match? Right. Barbar- Bar- Berserker versus, like... Jobber, number two. Yeah. Yeah. Or T- Jeff Hardy, and you're like, what? Yeah, young Jeff Hardy? Yeah. Tatanka? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, I'm yeah, definitely going to go home and watch that. So, like, and that's also WrestleMania Seven at the end of that career-ending match, was the redemption for the macho man character, because that's when, you know, he lost the match, Sensational Sherry comes in the ring, yep. Queen Sherry, and she starts kicking him and be like, what'd you do? Because he had just lost both their jobs. Yeah. And like, she slaps him, and then who jumps out of the audience to save Macho Man? It's the best. Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth, the first lady of wrestling. The classiest, prettiest woman of all time. And then there's this moment where all he has to do is allow Elizabeth, they get Sherry out of the ring, and then he boosts Elizabeth up on his shoulder. Crog goes apeshit. They go nuts, and they realize that's Macho Man. That's not the Macho King. The King is gone. King is dead. Long live the man. Macho Man is back. And then he was on commentary, and then that August... Get up on the shoulder. It's time to do a little thing called a baby face turn. (laughs) It goes all the way up. Get on the shoulders, Liz. Shoulder time. <laughs> he like, it'd be great if he did that in regular life if he fucked up. Like, hey, man, you just took that last card. He goes, yeah, I'm real sorry about that. How can I make it up? Liz, on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, goes, he goes from five to nine, yeah. just like that. Yeah, get it on there. <laughs> you, you took my parking space. Liz, get on the shoulder. You're like, I don't care. I don't care you're lifting your wife up. But look at the look at the finger, brother. Yo, she's so happy when she's up there. Want to go for a ride. You know how like, you, know, you tell dogs you're going to go on a car ride if you yeah. did that with Elizabeth? Yeah. He goes, you want to go on the fly fly? <laughs> yeah, Liz, you want to get up on the shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And then August of that year is SummerSlam. That yep. was the match made in heaven, match made in hell where Great. he married Elizabeth. And then November. Best way to say yes to a marriage pr- pr- proposal. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is that it? <laughs> um, and then November of that year is when he starts that thing with Jake the Snake Roberts, and he ends up coming back. Which was great. Guy. That's with the bite. Yeah. That's the... It never had a, a, a payoff that I... I think that's because Snake left. Yeah. But it never had a, the payoff that I wanted. But that, And then one year removed from that, you have another great WrestleMania match, which it's the WrestleMania that doesn't get talked about because... There's two matches on this WrestleMania, and one of them, again, is the Savage match that are worth talking about. The rest are caca. WrestleMania 8 from the Hoosier Dome. Yeah. A year after the career-ending match, Macho Man is winning the championship from Ric Flair. Which was great. In the Hoosier Dome. That match was great. Yeah. That's it. Another No, there's one other match. It's one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. Piper versus Brett. Intercontinental. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is. So I, and I think saw... that's the first time on TV that Piper got pinned. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw um, 
and it was earlier. It was the same year. It was the first time I ever saw live wrestling, and it was before WrestleMania Seven. Mm-hmm. It was in San Francisco at the Cow Palace, and it was Macho King versus Ultimate Warrior for the heavyweight. But then the Intercontinental match that I saw, mm-hmm. Piper versus Kurt Henning. That's great, and it was. Unbelievable. That's it was great. one of the best matches. There's a story I have about demolition uh-huh. that I've never been able to tell. Why? Because it has the word faggot in it. <laughs> we just... But it was the first time I ever heard the word faggot. Did demolition say it to you? So here's... Uh, I, I, I'd love to tell the story on here. Uh, I've never told the story. I, I don't think I've told the story on any podcast or anything. Okay. So my dad took me to... To San Francisco, uh, to Cow Palace, and my dad was a huge alcoholic, so we took the bus uh-huh. so he could drink. It's uh, <laughs> really good. And it was like back when you could. It was ninety one. We're making memories, kid. Yeah, it's good on. Everybody like I'm gonna see wrestling, but you could smoke inside uh-huh. still. You could drink in the Cow Palace. In the Cow Palace, you could yeah. smoke inside. So I'm up like back. I'm back up in the bleachers, but I'm I'm near where the aisle is okay. where they come to the ring. And after about the third match, I'm seeing that it's mostly all the little kids are leaving their seats and running to the aisle sure. to slap hands. It's my first live event, so I don't know. So I tell my dad, I'm like, "Can I go?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, go go slap their hands, but come back when the match starts. You got to come right back." And I was like, "That you know, that's '90s parenting, really." Right. Okay. There's no cell phones or anything, so yeah, go and then come right back. And uh, it was the Bushwhackers came out first, mm-hmm. and they go to the ring, and they're doing like that. Uh, Licking people's heads. I don't get close enough, and I don't have a shaved head, so they don't lick my head. By the way, I met one of the Bushwhackers later. He showed me how they kayfabed it. It was such They a... licked their own hands, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. That, yeah. It was yeah, a bummer. You, yeah, you feel that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. You, you, I don't know if you want your head licked as a kid. Uh, but you want to believe that the Bushwhackers are too crazy, and they actually did lick but people's heads. I didn't heads. know that. Really? They licked their hands? They licked their hands, yeah. He did it to me. I think uh, Butch, That's Luke, awesome. whichever one's around. That's yeah. pretty bad. Luke. Luke Bushwhacker is, Luke. He's the one who's still kind of around. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. He's got like a, I think he's got like a school or a restaurant. He's got something. The one who's not on crutches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Bushwhackers come out, babyface, demolition, heels, and right. I want to say, I don't know if they had the titles, the tag team titles. It's fair bet. They had them for a long time. It wasn't Crush yet, though. Still Axe and Smash. Sure, sure, sure. Come down in the executioner masks. Yeah. And uh, they come back down, and everyone's like, boo, throwing cups, you know, the crumpled up paper cups. It's still, you know, it's 91, so it's still like kayfabe's hard, and people are like... And you're seven. I'm seven, going seven on eight. eight. yeah. And, like, and people are like yelling and throwing shit, and like, fuck you, demolition, fuck you, <laughs> boo! And Axe gets in the ring, and Smash is walking along the apron, uh-huh. and he puts one foot in through the middle rope, and then takes his executioner mask off, and he goes, shut up, you San Francisco faggots. Like that. <laughs> and the crowd went. I mean, I was close enough that I could hear it. Right. It wasn't on mic. It was right. straight up like. But yelling. Old school wrestling. Like, I'm going to say the shit. Isn't it amazing what you used to be able to do to get heat? I mean, that heat, the pop that he got. Yeah. The people that heard it were like, fuck it. Like, I remember people <laughs> really being like, I want to fight you. I want to fight you. And it was crazy. And so uh, they get in the ring, the match starts, and I come back and I'm shook. Yeah. And I don't know what that was. He said a word and I. I was seven. I'd never heard that. Yeah. So I sit back down, and my dad's talking to another dad next to him. He's got a big styrofoam Miller light or whatever, and he's sitting there drinking it. And my dad goes, hey, pal, how, how was it? And I go, dad, what's a faggot? Oh and my, my dad God. goes, my dad looks around, and he goes, that is a word you do not say in this city. <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. And then it, it, it is my favorite. He gives it a beat, and he goes, how did you hear that word? And I go, oh. Smash from Demolition said, shut up, you San Francisco faggots. And my dad looks in the ring and goes, the guy dressed like a faggot called you a faggot. 
<laughs> and I was like, I've never told. I was like, my dad was such a bartender. That's such a bartender line. Where you're like, that's quick, motherfucker. Yeah, that's pretty quick. But I remember like thinking like, oh wow, bad guys really like go out and curse, and that made wrestling to me more real right because they want to be hated i was like i don't like smash right like i didn't like i just didn't like Like if he saw you crying he's not checking to make sure you're okay no right that was the thing about it it was like 91 where he was like ah you know and macho king came out you're like i hate you right (laughs) i hate you right (laughs) because you you got it we're not all in on the bit no right kayfabe right kayfabe was still very much alive but especially for kids through heat like that yeah through stories like that where you're like man he cursed at me well when you talk about uh Good guys and bad guys. One of my other favorite WrestleMania matches that uh, should be mentioned yeah. is the double turn, which was WrestleMania 13. Oh, yeah. Red Hart and yes. Steve Austin. That, yeah. I mean, that's that, the I quit match. Yeah, that's my second. That's probably right under Macho Warrior. And that is, I mean, no debate, a better match. I mean, I'm, I I romanticize Macho Warrior, and it's the storytelling and everything. But Austin Hart, is Austin like, Hart, that's, might... that's, that's that's prime Steve. I mean, before prime, he's like ramping up to become Steve Austin. But it, yeah, yeah. And Brett is the best. I mean, you, right. I mean, the and best. He, that was what launched him into what for me is the best run of his career by a mile. Easily, that yeah. was the because uh, the the, the Iron first... Man match was after that, right? No, 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 no. That no. was WrestleMania twelve. The Iron Man match was a year before. This is but WrestleMania right. thirteen, but this okay. is the beginning of the. Of the bad guy run. Oh, Bret Hart is a bad guy. I mean, you're back to being a bad guy because Hart right. Foundation originally was heel. Right. With Jimmy Hart. Right. Come on, baby. <laughs> I always feel like if I had a, a Jimmy Hart in my corner, I wouldn't be doing comedy because I would have had enough security <laughs> where I just have a regular job. Yeah. Everyone needs a Jimmy Hart. That should be all of our Jiminy Crickets. I do uh, uh, my buddy Kevin Undergaro. Yeah. yeah. You know Kevin, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't uh, know him, but I know, like, yeah. He says that everybody needs, he wants to, his goal in life is to, find young people and be their Captain Lou. He said everybody needs a Captain Lou. Or a Jimmy Hart. Right. Same deal. Yeah. Same exact deal. Come on, baby. Come <laughs> on, Sammy. I'm, I'm going to come in and just, I'm not even going to do the show. I'm just going to sit on the couch with a, mega, with a megaphone. Yeah. Come on, Sammy. I'm going to have your face on a suit all over. <laughs> Airbrush. Airbrush. Yeah. With a megaphone with your face on it. Yeah. Yeah. Toss it to, toss it to Sammy, Jim. Come on, man. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, not only... Because of how good the match was, and because they made it work, even though Steve Austin didn't do submission stuff, but dude, it was great. The passing out, but they, but they made it so that that he was like, especially because when you talk about a double turn, right? Like it, it's there's almost no gooder good guy than Bret Hart, and almost no badder bad guy than Steve Austin. All black, cursed, didn't like it, loved kicking people's asses. And Bret Hart is like, I'm loyal, I follow the rules, I came let up me the be right your way. guy. Yeah. My family has a legacy. And so the fact that they built this match in such a way where they didn't blow it, yeah. and then inside the ring, they changed the yeah. per- perception that we all had. That's, I mean, that's like, that's when Art. wrestling, yeah, that's when, that's when it's the best, is yeah. when it can tell a story without anything, and like, that's why I loved the Cruiserweight Championship. The tournament? The tournament. Uh-huh. Because there was very little promo, but you kind of got to feel who was heel and who was babyface by how they worked. Right. It's so right. like you're like Rich Swan's matches, and I, there was like a bunch of them where you're like, okay, this guy's a, this guy's babyface. Cedric Alexander, I really liked. I was like, oh, you, you have your favorite guy in the tournament. Yeah, it was just perfect. I mean, I know it was like a concept from another indie, but like 
that was that was probably one of my favorite things that the WWE's done in probably the past five years. Did you watch the UK tournament? No, but I've, dude, I've been told, dude, it's better than the cruiserweight tournament. Really? I'm yeah, and I love the cruiserweight tournament. I you know what? That. The UK tournament. Number I one, I need a little methadone before I have my binge on Sunday. So yeah. I might watch the I might watch the UK in it's, the next couple days. It's two shows, so it's not like it's ten hours oh. of TV. It's two two hour shows. Perfect. So you can watch it. You could watch it in one sitting, and it is amazing. And it's a. It, I was the same way as you. I was, I I knew almost nobody on the show because I don't. I just don't have time to keep up with progress and ICW yeah. and all that stuff. But it blew me away. All right. All Blew right. me away. I'm on board. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. Man. Good job getting that network over, huh? I mean, it really, if I didn't if I didn't think it was true, I wouldn't say it. And I've said it a bunch of times on the show, so it's like. Oh, dude, I would love that. Yeah, that's, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. So, uh, 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 yeah, man, what a. Uh, I, I'll tell you this, the thing, I watched SmackDown last night. Yeah. On my way in. Yeah. Uh, or when I got home from, from shows. The mysticism behind Orton and Wyatt, mm-hmm. it's it's fine right now, mm-hmm. but I hope they scale it back. Because I liked it more when well, Bray I, Wyatt was more like a hills have eyes. I think that's the problem, that the end of SmackDown last night left us with a sort of like, okay, what's going to happen next? As opposed to, okay, I'm ready for this match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, I'm ready for this story to develop for another week or two, and then I'll be ready for yeah, the match. Yeah, if it was SmackDown two weeks ago. Where you're like, oh, does he have the power now? It would have been if you different. showed, if you showed that, like, because that kind of move on SmackDown, where where Randy Orton stabs Sister Abigail's ashes with that crucifix thing, and he's like, I've taken all your power away from her. Then show Bray Wyatt be a little vulnerable. I don't know why they didn't, or show that it doesn't have an effect. Yeah, because that Harper match was great. Yeah, and it was a yeah. great match to end on before WrestleMania. Which makes me think, is he going to interfere? Is that you know what's going to happen? I mean, he beat him clean, so I almost feel like that. The story's over unless yeah. Luke Harper realizes the error of his ways and returns to Bray Wyatt's side. And helps him retain his title against Randy Orton. Definitely. Uh, isn't it so much better watching these WrestleManias, even just at home, like the fact that they're in stadiums? Does that make a difference to you? I wish they would do a Mania again at the Garden. I wish 40, I hope 40 they do at the Garden. I don't think they will. I know they won't. I, I mean, Giant Stadium, maybe, but I don't see them doing it in the Garden. But see, that's... I'm one of those people where it's like, um, for the quality of the product, yeah, make those tickets insanely hard to get, uh-huh. have the best show of all time, yeah, put it in the garden because then what it's going to do is it's going to drive up the buys on pay per view. It's going to buy, you know, the network is going to go nuts. If you have it at the garden, that's where it started. That's it's forty years. Yeah, I guess, but like, okay, we got seven years until it gets there. Who knows who's going to be the top baby face? That's Who knows what I'm who's saying. Be the like, top heel. We don't know who's Isn't that be... crazy? But, I mean, you know what? Here's my hope. The way Triple H books yeah. stuff, I really love Triple H as a booker. Like, I really love the way NXT runs. Uh-huh. I really like th- that kind of, like, story, wrestling telling the story. Maybe with Triple H at the helm. Mania. In seven years, it's possible. Man- I mean, if... But I don't see it going back to the Garden just because Damn it. they want it to be this spectacle. I know, but... Right? And to like, showcase the Immortals. Like, what could be a bigger match? I think... The biggest WrestleMania match. What do you think is the biggest match ever? The biggest match. Hogan, the, Hogan Rock. You think that's the biggest oh, one? Yeah, Hogan Andre. Hogan Andre's. Yeah, I mean, dude, that is. That's, that's people probably, who don't who didn't care about wrestling before or after. We're like, 
That's yeah, and people still talk about it. That's probably the biggest single match. Where does Cena Rock land? Because not think, as high as you think it is. I think Cena Rock is pretty high. It got real hyped, but what killed it was the two in a row. Leave it to one, and that be, that remains. You think that, that that yeah ruined the legacy a little? It ruined bit? it for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to do it again. We did it last year. We're going to do it again. You told me last year was once in a lifetime. This is now twice, and I am still alive. Exactly. You're like all of us are still alive. I, I don't care about this now. There's a few people. If that, they would have done Hogan Rock at, at at 19, people would have been pissed. There's a few people that died between WrestleMania 28 and 29. For those people, that was it. Once in a lifetime. It's like great. It was amazing. Out. I'm gone. It, it was, was incredible. Great. Yeah, people. Everyone else who was alive, uh, kind of a disappointment. What about mismatches for WrestleMania? What are matches like for me? They, I, it's like. I mean, the top one that I'm going to say is Flair Hogan. Yeah, isn't that weird? And and the only answer that's ever been given has been that it didn't draw at house shows. Bullshit. And, and yeah, by the way, you can watch a great Flair Hogan on the network at Madison Square Garden. It's a 91 house show, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, people say a lot of ch- chest slaps. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of chest slaps in that match. People say that like. And that would have been the match like a couple years before that. What, like 88? 90 maybe. 90 it would have been. Like, but you know I what still it, it feel like it followed in... seven. It would have been a great match for seven. Warrior, Savage, Hogan, Hogan Flair. Flair. That would have been amazing. I mean, you think about but that only, back-to-back matches. You're only one year removed for WrestleMania 8, and that's the WrestleMania that it would have happened if it was going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't. That was... Flair Savage, Hogan Sid. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered. It's almost like, and and you can't, I guess you can't put things together in a historical context. Yeah. Because, like, just for the sake of history, you'd be like, I just want to know that Hogan and Flair happened at this time because it should have. It's 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 odd that there's so many mismatches with Hogan. Austin Hogan. That's what, for, yeah. for me, and that, I think, has more to do with Austin leaving when he left. But, like, for me, I think... Austin Hogan is probably the biggest miss. At well, because you have the two top earning superstars of all time. I mean, I, to me, it's the and two guys, top superstars of all, of all time. time. Yeah, I think it goes and Austin I, Hogan. And me too. It, you can go 1A, 1B. Me too. I put Austin. Now, as far as like my favorites or who the best in-ring workers are, that's, that's whole a whole different, different list. Whatever. That's, you know, I mean, it's also Austin's on a lot of those lists. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best in-ring workers of all time up there with Brett. That's why that Brett... Austin match is so awesome. Yeah. That's why anything that Austin, whoever Austin worked with was awesome. The Hogan Flair match happened, just not at a WrestleMania. It happened in WCW, and by then it was no like... No one cared. That hey, was, yeah. What was that? Halloween Havoc? Yeah. It, it was like Hogan came over post-roids. He yeah. He looked skinny. Yeah. It was like, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't what it was supposed to be, which was the nature boy who was like... For me, Saturday nights were watching WCW. Saturday mornings, uh, you know, Saturday morning I would watch Superstars. Saturday night watch WCW Sunday morning watch. You know what was a you know what to me is a miss is and I guess it's because Sean lost his smile but <laughs> a uh, a Shawn Michaels and it, this is weird cuz it's not quite a miss cuz it happened obviously at 12 but a Shawn Michaels Bret Hart rematch yeah. where it's not good guy versus good guy maybe there's not so much respect we have a little more like I would have loved to have seen Shawn versus Bret at a WrestleMania when there is all that tension between the two of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, yeah. was there ever a Sean Savage WrestleMania? No, I no, absolutely not. Yeah, because uh, I can't, I mean, I'm thinking of like my top matches that I've 
I would do. They say that one of the reasons why Savage left WWE, and we'll never know because Savage is gone, but the rumor has been for a long time that he wanted to work a long program with Shawn Michaels. And he wanted I've to heard, I heard that on uh, headline Bruce Pritchard. Oh, did they talk about it? I think briefly. He wanted to headline some pay-per-view, whether it be WrestleMania or something else, but he wanted to do a long thing with Shawn Michaels. And they have a couple matches. They did something on a Saturday night's main event in 92, if I remember right. That was televised. And then they did some house show stuff. And I don't know if... my I think that there's no way that would have been a bad match because even me thinking no. about me as a little kid, I would have been excited about that. I mean, if you would have had Savage's baby face versus the Heartbreak Kid with Sensational Sherry, there's the tie-in with Sherry and, and Macho yeah. Man, and then you have Elizabeth and you work a long program but where I, they build up. Sean accuses, you know, maybe does a little bit of the Ric Flair thing and is saying that he's the lover boy, so maybe he was with Elizabeth, yeah. which sparks back Randy being jealous. I mean, they could have gone so many different directions with that, and you know those matches would have been unbelievable because of the stuff that Savage couldn't do post-91, Sean could do. Right. But I think that they just wanted to go in a young youth yeah, that's direction. Yeah, that really sucks. And that's, that's, that sucks. that's, I think, what that was. That's a big miss. Um, I also think Brett Hogan, and I, that's not really a WrestleMania miss, I guess. That should have happened at a SummerSlam. It could have happened at a WrestleMania, but I was just, I guess I was thinking, what's your, what's your thoughts on WrestleMania 9? Oh, God. <laughs> I loved it as a kid. I did, too. Because Hogan came back. Hogan came back. As a result, as a child of divorce, Hogan coming back at nine was the closest I'll ever get to my parents getting back together. There's just finally some stability in You're the like, world. All right, so see? Then, so then when Hogan shows up on WCW Saturday night, do you realize it's real? They're not getting back together? I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Mom's friend Tim is sleeping over <laughs> way more than I thought. <laughs> I think that was just a... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, but Hogan... Returning, I thought it was just such a clusterfuck. It was bad. Nine, I went over to my friend Nick's house and we got it on pay per view. Every other WrestleMania I watched on tape from Blockbuster, mm -hmm. that was the first time I saw it live. I and one of my friends really liked Lex Luger, and it pissed me off. Well, he's the narcissist. No, he was he was not at WrestleMania nine. Yeah, he definitely was. That's when he wrestled Mr. Perfect as the narcissist. Oh, was it? I thought yeah. that was the triple match. No, that was WrestleMania ten. Okay. I take that back, then you know what? We watched WrestleMania 10 at my friend's house, and he was such a big Luger fan that it was really pissing me off. Yeah, I guess he was the only one, because that WrestleMania 10 was like, yeah. oh, we thought Luger was going to be the guy. He's not the He's guy. He's not the guy. That was the, yeah. WrestleMania 10 was great, because you no, had I, yeah. you had Luger. That was the Garden WrestleMania 10. And that was Hart Hart. That was Owen That was Owen Brett. Which to me is like... And Razor Sean. Razor Sean in a ladder. Yeah. Owen beats Brett early. Yep. And Brett wins the title later, and Owen is sitting there going, not again, brother. You took it from me again, brother. Great. 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 Such good storytelling. Great. Yeah, I loved that that time period. And, and like, and look, how cool is it that most of the matches from the camera angle have the 10 right in the background? Yep. So it's not like overdone. I, I, I wish that they would use the old Madison Square Garden entrance at house shows. It's so cool. They don't with the short aisle. Short aisle, yeah. quick curtain, the WWE. Uh, the, the, the aisle is on the hard cam. Yeah. And the yeah, yeah, and the logos right above it. Yeah, or yeah. they used to do like the jukebox thing where it go around it. Right. Yeah. Let's take it at the 2000 Royal Rumble when uh, Jeff 
Didn't he swanton off of it or something? Yeah. In the Dudley Boys table match? I mean, there, yeah. So much stuff. Short aisles, bring him back. Is there anything that you would like to see at this year's WrestleMania? I want to see Finn show up. At WrestleMania? Yes. Why not? Why can't there be surprises at WrestleMania? I'm sick of this wait till Raw Well, there can be surprises. Nakamura. He's got to come up eventually. Yeah, but I don't think WrestleMania is the spot for it. I Here's don't the problem. Care. I love Finn. I love Nakamura. King of Strong Style needs to make his premiere at WrestleMania. Here's, here's and the, it's not the thrill ride. It's to showcase the immortals. Let's let's just... This year it's the ultimate thrill ride. No, it's not. This oh. year it's still the showcase of the immortals. <laughs> I refuse to call it a fucking Six Flags ride. Here's the Yeah, I don't like the amusement park thing either. Here's the problem with Nakamura, Finn, but like that stuff happening at WrestleMania is that the show will overshadow those events. That, that's not like, if it sets up a cool angle. That's not what you do at WrestleMania. Why not? Because the show it's overshadows wrestling. it. There's no rules. No, I guess because because WrestleMania as the show, you're looking for that moment. and You're going to get that moment. You're going to get that moment with Brock and Goldberg. You're going to get that moment if you see, you know, there's going to be a, there's gonna be plenty of moments, as you said at the beginning but of the if, podcast. There's going to be plenty of if, moments. If Finn Balor returns on Raw and confronts Brock Lesnar, the earth shakes. For Finn Balor to, let's say Brock Lesnar wins the title at WrestleMania and then Finn Balor confronts him in the no, ring at no, no, WrestleMania, no, no, no. that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why would you take away Brock's moment? No, but it would be cool if, uh, I'm not saying interfere. I'm saying just have them show up. So do like, what? So like Brock wins, but then all of a sudden the Demon King flashes on the screen, so you just get a little taste. Like, oh shit, that's, what happened? That's still taking away Brock's moment. And then you're still going like, oh, it's the it's the it's the Finn Balor show, when it should be the moment that Brock Lesnar is like, I'm the man. All right. That way, all right. Finn Balor can come out a night later and be like, no, I'm the man, and we can all go, it's Finn Balor's night because he gets raw. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> all right. Fine. Well, Dan Soder, people can follow you at Dan Soder. Yeah. They can see you on the road whenever you're on the road. They can yeah. catch you on the show Billions. Yeah. You're a good man and a good fan. You're a good man and a good... You're a better fan, and I hope you have a lot of fun in Orlando. But not a better man. You won't give me that. No, I said you're a, you're you a said great you're a good, fan. Because you said you're a great man and a great fan. I said you're a great man and a better fan. Oh, like as... Like I'm not a better. I'm the same same level of man. We're the same level of man. I appreciate. But your fandom, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, your fandom's totally beyond. cool with that. Have fun. Thanks, buddy. I wish you were going. I'll be watching. You I'll go be, next year. I'll be watching you. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Here is Sam Roberts. So I guess technically that was the interview and in Katie's the state of wrestling, but between uh, Katie Linendahl and Dan Soder, it's a little bit interchangeable. Uh, I want to tell you about a great way to celebrate WrestleMania, and that's with Topps trading cards. You guys remember collecting Topps cards when you were younger, right? And you wonder, how does the physical trading card business stay afloat? Well, let me tell you something. The people at Topps are genius. Check out the Topps Now program. What Topps Now is is they have limited edition cards from specific events that you order, they print them when they're ready to order, and then they're gone. Topps has limited edition cards for WrestleMania. you got to see these things. Topps now countdown to WrestleMania 33. Uh, these match sets celebrate the biggest night in sports entertainment with trading cards commemorating all of the biggest matches, not only from WrestleMania 33, uh, but also from NXT, TakeOver, Orlando. You have to order these cards now. They're only available for a limited time. 
Go to tops.com, T-O-P-P-S.com to pick yours up now. If you don't do it now, they will be gone and they don't get reprinted. This is not a new set that Tops is saying like, okay, hey, we got a new trading card set, so go and buy them. This is a set that you're going to want to order now. After WrestleMania, they're not going to be available. It's not going to be something that just lives forever. It's going to be something that they give you the opportunity to celebrate WrestleMania right now with Tops now. You order them, you get them. It's super limited, and when the event's over, when they're done, they're done. So order them now. It's the two sets, Tops.com, T-O-P-P-S.com, Tops Now, your hero, your team, your moment. Uh, uh, Do yourself a favor. Visit tops.com for more information. And a big thanks. I mean, I'm just a fan of that company, so it's cool to have them uh, helping out with the podcast here uh, on this special WrestleMania preview episode. I do want to talk about, before we dip back into WrestleMania, something that I'm sure a lot of you have questions about, which was the house show at the Westchester County Center over the weekend involving Finn Balor. A lot of you saw the photo I took. Um, It went all over the Internet. Uh, A lot of you on Twitter and social media, a lot of the wrestling sites were good enough to credit me. Uh, Reddit was not, so thanks to all the guys at the Squared Circle uh, subreddit who decided to just post the picture and not mention where they found it. That's uh, super cool. That's super, I mean, that's why we do what we do, right? Um, It was amazing to see that show. It was headlined. The Westchester County Center is like a 3,000 seat venue, something like that. It's tiny, and they've been running it for years, and they just come back every year, and I never miss a show there. It's just fun to see WWE superstars in that small, intimate environment, and it, and it didn't get any bigger than this show because it was headlined by a six-man tag between Triple H, Kevin Owens, and Samoa Joe versus Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho, and Finn Balor. Finn Balor completely back, in-ring, not no rust, not covering up an injury. He's back. He's ready to go. Uh, I don't think he's going to be at WrestleMania. I think that Triple H was warming up for WrestleMania, uh, but I don't think Finn Balor will be at WrestleMania. My gut says that everything after WrestleMania is going to be about Finn Balor, but WrestleMania is about what WrestleMania is about and the stories that are being told. But the moment that I got on the photo that I posted on my Not Sam social media accounts was this moment where Triple H and Finn Balor are staring face-to-face. And Triple H puts up the click sign, which is now known as the two suites, something that the Bullet Club uses in reference to them, something that the NWO used, but something that was popularized, maybe not originated, but popularized with the click, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, X-Pac, Razor Ramon. So he puts the click sign up. And everybody's like, oh, this is so cool because Finn Balor, who's been using it almost uh, as an, uh, an ode in, in paying homage to Triple H, is going to two-sweet Triple H right back. And you see Finn Balor, he's got his hand down at his side, and he's doing the two-sweet. And he's about to put up that hand gesture when he gets to about eye level, and he turns his hand, and he shifts it into that gun and puts his thumb down. And it's, it's Devitt, it's the Bullet Club, and we're looking at the click versus the Bullet Club. And, I mean, people are losing their minds. I lost my mind. That's why I thank God I had my camera out, and they kind of stayed in that position. Um, I, I, I don't think that this is foreshadowing anything immediate, 
I think, you know, the reason it happened at a house show was because fun stuff happens at house shows. There's, uh, sure, a chance down the road that this could happen. I don't, there's no story right now between Triple H and Finn Balor. So I don't think this means that Triple H and Finn Balor are going to go on to feud after WrestleMania, and this is just a, a foreshadowing of blah, blah, blah. But I think this was just something cool that was done to test the waters to just see what's there. Let's just do this and see what the reaction is. And maybe eventually it'll be part of a backstory and maybe it won't be. But for those in attendance at the county center, it's just going to be a cool thing and a reminder that you should always go to live events, um, which I think is cool. So I was super psyched to be there uh, and I kept warm. I was sitting down the whole time and I was comfortable. You know why I was so comfortable? Because I was wearing me undies. You gotta, and, 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 and I was confident. That's part of it, right? You got to be confident in your underpants. You can't wear plain socks anymore. You can't wear plain t-shirts. You cannot wear plain underpants. If you're looking to hook up with somebody and you take your pants down and you got some old tidy whities or something like that on, you're getting nothing. You need to elevate your underwear game to the next level with MeUndies. MeUndies is this great service, right? You go online, you see they got a ton of different designs. It's the softest material you're going to find. I'm wearing MeUndies literally right now. Almost every day I wear MeUndies. And part of the reason is because they're so comfortable. And the other part of the reason is I never worry about having a new pair. It's a subscription service. So you can go on the website and if you just want to try, you can order one pair. That's fine. If you just need one pair, order one pair. But we all run out of underwear. We all want new stuff and fun things coming for us in the mail. So what do I do? Get the subscription. That's what I would recommend you do. It's like Netflix for your butt. MeUndies. It's fabulous. Uh, they're designed in LA and made from sustainable, uh, sustainably sourced micromodal uh, uh, fabric. Three times softer than cotton. Uh, softer than soft. These Lux undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. I mean, you're going to be the most stylish, stylish person you know under your pants. It's really going to be incredible. And guess what? Here's the best news of all. I'm going to save you some money. If you're not ready for a subscription, you can subscribe. Uh, you can save time and money each month by opting for a monthly subscription. But... That's fine. If you don't want to get a monthly subscription, you want to test it out, no problem. MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. I'm offering you 20% off your first pair. Use the special URL, MeUndies.com slash Sam. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Try it out. Buy one pair. You can get 20% right now at MeUndies.com slash Sam. MeUndies.com slash Sam. Sam, it's worth the time, baby. It's worth the time. Let's go now to, I guess, the state of wrestling on this WrestleMania mega show. Uh, Katie Linendahl joined me. You might know Katie from her uh, podcast, Katie.show. Maybe you know her from the Today Show. Maybe you know her. She was just on Red Eye with me on Fox News. She's all over the place. She's doing a million things. And one of those million things that she's doing is returning to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast right now. Let's go to it. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. WrestleMania fun does not stop. Because look who's finally back in the State of Wrestling. No, it just starts. It's Katie Linendahl. Ah. That's right. How are we doing, Katie? I'm good. Does Taz know you're here? 
He does. He gets jealous. He does. I, I let him know that, you know, Team Sam Roberts. Well, luckily, Taz and me get along pretty yeah, well. And, seriously. Yeah. So you guys can stop tweeting us. There, there's no... Oh, there's going to be a fight. Oh, there is? Oh, Taz knows, too. I've been working on my Taz missions and my Taz plexes, <laughs> so he knows. Can I be the special guest referee? <laughs> That'd be so, do you want to quit? We're fighting over you and you're the referee? Like, do you want to quit? Wait, what do we do? Why is Katie enjoying this so much? The whole so thing's much? weird. Yeah, yeah. It's apropos. Uh, well, Katie, how excited are you? Man. Are you pumped? Too much birthday. Well, that's what, you know, I think we both got that tweet. And that's what some people are saying. Wasn't like, it on point, though? When they start running away, it takes them, you know, 10 minutes to run through everything that is on the WrestleMania card this year. People, I guess the new kind of controversy that people were talking about was the matches that are now on the pre-show. So firstly, well, I guess we'll talk about the tag match in a second. I was kind of, I, you, you had to know, or at least assume, that some of the matches announced for WrestleMania would be on the pre-show. Right. That they're not going to just add more matches for the pre-show because there's already so many matches. Like, some of that, you can't, even if you do, like, you remember last year, where did it go, like, four and a half hours? I was just going to ask you that. I think it was four and a half hours plus pre-show. What was it in everything all total? Six and a half hours. Six and a half hours. So when they're doing... Jeez. When they're when they're putting together those matches in your head, they have to they have to be working with the six to seven hour night that they're playing with, not four hours, because there's no way you're putting that many matches in four hours. Even if the Brock Lesnar Goldberg match is thirty seconds, you're still not putting that many matches in in four hours. So you had to assume that some of them would be on pre-show. The only complaint that I will say is re- accurate is. Well, here's the thing. Pitbull got added to WrestleMania. <laughs> and some people are like, you know, do we really need matches to get pushed onto the pre-show so we can make room for Pitbull? The only positive thing I will say about Pitbull taking a spot on the WrestleMania show is, at the very least, it allows the crowd a dead spot. Pitbull is your moment to go to the bathroom, to be bored in, in your in, seat. And, and other aspects of life said no one ever. Like, Pitbull is where everybody gets, like, revved up. Ah, Pitbull stinks. But <laughs> They gave him the green light, Sam. No, you're right. They you're gave right. him the green light. Usually it's high energy. Usually it's it's something that people get all excited about. But in this scenario, I don't know if Pitbull... Just, that's a great definition of, like, wrestling fans. Yeah. Like, here's an example. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the same thing that <laughs> happened awesome. at WrestleMania 29... When Diddy came out and performed, and it was like, okay, this is our moment for the energy to go down. Because if you remember, SummerSlam could have used a musical performance. You remember how long that show was? If there was a musical performance before Dolph Ziggler, uh, 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 Dean Ambrose, then people right. wouldn't have been so tired right. because they would have been able to like zone out and veg out during the musical performance. Right. And then they could kind of start to pick it back up during that Dolph Ziggler match. That was the one time I feel like... It ever felt like a long night. Yeah, and everything was great, but it felt long. It did feel long. And I last year at WrestleMania, you know, everything was good. But if you remember, we were sitting together, and by Triple H, Roman Reigns at the end, it was like, this has been a long show. We had hit the concession stand, like, how many times? Right. We were like, maybe we let's, let's find a, a spot in the show we can go for a walk or something. 
But I mean, we ate, we went through like three meals. We did go through. It was that long. Yeah, that's how long it was. And it wasn't even like we were eating that much. It was like, no, it's time for a third meal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that that is where the Pitbull concert will benefit the show in the sense that it won't benefit the show. Does this make sense? We need something on the show that doesn't benefit the show so that it's not too much birthday. It's like, if we're like, oh my God, this is too much, this is too much. Well, what if we put a Pitbull concert in? Okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, then we won't get a break. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a little easier to take in. I feel like at this point, I've been going back and forth in my head on it. Do you add any more? You can't. And but Samoa Joe doesn't even have a match. And the Usos. There's uh, a lot of people that don't have matches. Well, there's the Andre Battle Royal. And that's kind of like the throw-in. You know, like, oh, you're not in? Just put him in the Battle Royal. Everybody gets a paycheck. Are you in the Battle Royal? I don't want to say. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to I've been in Battle Royals before. You know that. It's true. You know, you've seen it. I've seen it, and I've, I've stress ate through the entire match. Right. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. Wow. But I'm not saying here or there. Okay. They haven't announced all the participants, that's for sure. Fair enough. But so here's what's on the pre-show. Is uh, the Cruiserweight title match, the SmackDown Women's title match, and the Andre Battle Royal. Now, some people are a little annoyed that the SmackDown Women's title match is on the pre-show. I think that that one makes sense only because, aside from Naomi returning, there isn't a singular story that's being played out in that match. It's just... Let's give all the women a shot. You know what I mean? It's just, it's more of, that match is a showcase match for the women on SmackDown. So I I think, you know, it gets complicated because every match on WrestleMania this year, unlike most years, has a pretty well thought out, long form story behind it. Several months for just about every match. So the fact that that one doesn't, that kind of makes sense to put it on there. I'd love to see the Andre Battle Royal on the main show like last year. And again, that was used last year as one of those pit bull moments where it's like, okay, we can get you excited at the end when Baron Corbin wins, but while the match is happening, you guys can can relax for a little while. That was one of the stronger matches. Well, that was good. Well, you only think that because Tatanka was in it. That's true. To be fair. That's true. But yeah, that was when Baron Corbin came out, and that ended up being great. Uh, it makes me feel like there won't be as many surprises in this Andre Battle Royal as there was. Because you remember last year, it was like Tatanka and DDP and Shaq. And Baron Corbin. That's right. And, and it was like this big thing. It feels like that won't happen this year. They did get put Pitbull in there, though, so that he might Pit- also Pitbull be... Pitbull maybe in the Battle Royal. Huh. Who would you... I guess, who would you have winning this... Do you care who wins the SmackDown women's match? I kind of would like it to stay with Alexa Bliss, but I could see it going to Naomi, too. I'm a big Naomi fan, though. I like Naomi. I think it... I, I'd like to see her have a run, but I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan, so I'd be fine either way, I guess. I just feel like her run didn't last as long. Naomi, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I, I need to feel some more glow. Here. Right, right, and I could see that happening, especially at some I, I, I also just, in all seriousness, I've been so amazed at the trajectory of Naomi. I've been a huge fan of hers. Yeah. I feel like, in terms of, like, athletic prowess and, like, just a, a genuine badass competitor, like, made for this business, she puts on a show. Yes. And we've talked about this for years now. Yes. And I feel like she was a little... I mean, who am I to say? I'm not a wrestler. It's not. I hate when people like backseat or whatever Monday morning quarterback. She was a little rough in the early stages, and just watching her grow. I mean, she's like top of her game. Yeah, she really. I want really her to is. take that run for a little longer. Yeah, I could. I, and I, also, I'd just the extra stuff like the the entrance and the the yeah. flair. I, so, it's it's awesome. 
That match will happen probably around 6 p.m., maybe. Between... That one actually is at 6 a.m. Oh, wow. Right. So they're starting at 6 a.m. Well, they have to. Pre-show. Yeah. Yeah, And okay. then that's followed by Austin Aries. But I wonder, I think it's still going to be light out when that match is happening, which kind of sucks for Naomi's entrance. Oh. That kind of sucks because it could have been really cool. But it'll oh. probably still be light out unless they save that for the end of the pre-show. And even then, it's only 7 o'clock, so it's still kind of light outside. It's at least dusk. Well, WWE's a powerful company. They can manipulate the weather. I think so. Get it's one of those big before. sun blockers. They make those. Even better. I mean, you can get you can get real sciency on this. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the the Andre Battle Royal is, is interesting this year because I don't think the Andre Battle Royal this year is a moment for a new star to shine. Because you've got stars in the Andre Battle Royal that probably should have a bigger spot at WrestleMania. It, it's, it's, it's weird because, I mean, what do you have? Uh, Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman as your final two? And if you do, isn't that are you really going back to that well? Like, haven't we already played out Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman together throughout the year? Like, that was kind of a long-run story. Um, it's, it's odd to me that Braun Strowman doesn't have a WrestleMania match Beyond this battle royal, I feel like it was such a ramp up, and now it's a right, and it ended at hit the brakes. It ended at fastlane, pun intended. Exactly for whatever reason, I don't. It, it was weird to me. I don't think it was the appropriate time for him to lose. Is there some reason, like behind the scenes? I don't know because he's still getting pushed to the moon, and he's still wrestling in the Andre Battle Royal. Um, I guess if he wins the Andre Battle Royal, and then kind of restarts, not exactly from where he started, but restarts his. Uh, his his run of destruction, then that's something. He also gets to be, you know, Chiron fonted on screen as the Andre Battle Wimbledon winner the entire year. That's right. And he gets to carry that trophy that's around a huge perk. in one hand to prove that he really is a monster among men. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I get I mean there's so many variables it's hard to I mean to what say. would you have what would you have him doing if he wasn't in that? I wanted him to wrestle uh Brock Lesnar. That was a match I wanted two months ago. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's other spots you could go. And then what I really wanted him to do was kind of shift more towards the good guy end of the spectrum after the Roman Reigns thing and fight Samoa Joe. I think Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe is a really cool match. Um, and I don't know what's, I guess Samoa, is Samoa Joe in the Battle Royal? I don't, oh, that's what I was just going to ask you next. I don't think Samoa Joe has a match unless he's in the Battle Royal, which is odd. I, it was almost like, I feel like Samojo might have been brought up when they were iffy about Seth Rollins, and now that they know Seth Rollins is wrestling, they're like, uh, you'll be there for Monday, right? You know what I mean? Like, you'll be there for the Monday after WrestleMania, right, Joe? But that's another one. So those, just, are those just cards that you pick up afterwards? I think so. There's so much raw talent. That's why, for instance, and I've said it a bunch of times, like, people are upset that Finn Balor is doing house shows and is not at WrestleMania, but... I don't think Finn Balor should be at WrestleMania because he hasn't had a story leading to WrestleMania. You know, it would just be Finn Balor for the sake of Finn Balor when you could have him make a giant splash the Monday after WrestleMania because that's when you start, as we've talked about before, Katie, launching. You go, mm-hmm. you, you, the, the. Well, I just don't feel if anything else is needed at this point. Exactly. But then you go, oh, well, it's WrestleMania. Like, what do you save all your, your cards for? I guess, but yeah, but he hasn't. He just doesn't have a story. And so I'm like, I'd rather him start a new story the Monday after WrestleMania, and that is 
the night to be like, boom, he's back and he's going to be doing this or that, whatever it is. But how much of this do you think, in your subjective opinion, how much do you think WWE says we need to play this more for the mainstream audience and need to like throw everything in there mm-hmm. as opposed to saving anything this one night? Is well, it, are things thought out differently specifically for WrestleMania? Definitely. And that's why you have matches like Goldberg and Brock and an Undertaker match and all that stuff. But I think... But has it hit its point where it's like, okay, it's enough? Yeah, in the sense that... I, not that it's enough for WrestleMania, but almost like there is so much that if we add X, if we put in Finn Balor, if we put in Samoa Joe, if we whatever it is, whatever's missing, if we put that in, if we, if we have Nakamura debut at WrestleMania, as we've talked about before... All this that we've already put in will overshadow this moment that could be amazing and deserves its own spotlight. Plus, but, you'd have to camp out at that point. Exactly. How much time do we have? Like, the, eventually the stadium is going to be like, we have other stuff going on here. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's going to be like Wednesday and they're going to be like, guys, like the circus is coming to town or something. Like, there's other stuff we do here. And do, you guys got to go home. You, can't, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You got to go. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess Braun Strowman is a natural to win the battle royal, but I wouldn't be surprised if something else happens because that's so predictable. I don't. Other than that, I don't know. Other than I'd, I'd like to see Kurt Hawkins win, but other than that, I don't know. I would too. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, that's your pick. Um, well, I'm actually, I'm curious to see who. I like the mystery, the white airhead mystery. Totally the mystery entrance. flavor. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Is there anybody in NXT? I was thinking about this. Is there anybody in NXT, because last year at this time, it was like overflowing with guys that needed to be called up. That oh, was right, right, Enzo right. and Cass. Jeez, that and feels that so long ago. Baron Corbin, and that was, uh, and uh, Apollo Crews was a surprise, and all this stuff. Who from NXT are we waiting to necessarily get called up? You know, the obvious ones are Nakamura and Asuka, but like... I mean, I could see Nakamura coming up. So I guess I, I is it a stupid question to ask if Bobby Roode's any do anytime soon? Well, he's the champion, and so he, you let it sit for another like just, six months. Yeah, he just won the title, so it's almost like I don't know. But I mean, if we're talking about top of their game over there, he's got to be. I yeah, but they got you got to have NXT already has sold tickets to shows. No way, Jose. I'm just throw, I'm spitballing here. I mean, you have I'm your throwing names. You have your Ty Dillingers. That's true. That's actually true. You have your no way, Jose's, but I feel, <laughs> I feel like some of these guys are more, and you know, it's not to say anything about anybody, but I feel like some of these guys are more in for a Tyler Breeze Ugh. story of just coming over and maybe having to take some time to make it work on the main roster. Tyler Breeze is doing cool stuff now. He's getting there. I feel like that's one career though that you and I have watched from like. You can't say really ground up, but just that that whole timeline in NXT to now, and it's like, it's interesting. It's interesting, but he's young, and he he has something now. There is, this fashion police thing on SmackDown is something. It's not, like, he gets some TV time. There is something happening. It's not the greatest thing in the world, but there was a lot of time where nothing was happening. Like, maybe a match on Superstars. Maybe. He's a creative dude, though. I mean, I'm sure well, he's coming this, up with, like, I think that's he, why he's this, shifted five times. His... Yeah, that's why this fashion police thing is working, and it's a good spot for Fandango, too. The, the the draft has been friends to those guys. There's still more to do, 100%. But at least it's something. 
Um, maybe Fandango or maybe Tyler Breeze will win the Battle Royal. But that's what I think, like Ty Dillinger, those guys. Maybe Oscar. Yeah, you there's, there's Oscar. Oscar could jump into the SmackDown. With, with, here's the only. Here's the thing too. I feel like the reason Naomi returned on SmackDown instead of at WrestleMania, because it's been clearly stated that the SmackDown match is open to any eligible woman, meaning they haven't said who's in the match. So that would lead you to believe there's plenty That's of room interesting. for surprises. You think they would do that on a pre-show though? That's why I think I think that they decided on Tuesday when they on Tuesday afternoon it was on the internet that the SmackDown women's match would be on the pre-show. I think that's when they decided to put it on the pre-show. So I think on Tuesday afternoon, right after that, they were like, you know what? Let's put Naomi on SmackDown tonight so at least we get that buzz going into the pre-show so we don't have the big return on the pre-show. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yes. that's what That, that to me, is the process of thinking. So even if we were going to get an Oscar in the SmackDown women's match as a surprise, you know, I don't see it on the pre-show, personally. And for the same reason, I don't see any giant surprises in the Andre Battle Royal. Even though the pre-show is just, you know, it's just as good, it's just, you know, it's the pre-show. People are pretty unhappy, a lot of them, that the Cruiserweight Championship match is on the pre-show. Um, it's almost like, okay, I get why you're unhappy, because that is going to be an amazing match. And Austin Aries, as I said before, Austin Aries getting injured is the greatest thing that's ever happened to him. Because while he was injured, it gave him a chance to completely become a star. But do you, what, aside from the Pitbull concert, because that's what people are saying. Well, Pitbull's on the main show. <laughs> I'm like, I understand Pitbull's there. But what match, is there any match that you would trade out for that? We don't have a SmackDown tag title match, it would appear, at WrestleMania. So and I think the Usos are in the Battle Royal. So that's that's cemented, I think. So is there any match at WrestleMania that you would take out to put the Cruiserweights in so that they're on the main show or do you think it belongs on the main, on the pre-show? I think it belongs on the pre-show. I think by process of elimination, the only match that I can argue that maybe could take its place is maybe Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose. And that's the Intercontinental title match. So it's a, that's a tough sell too. It's tough for me to say I agree with you, though. Let's move the Intercontinental title match to the pre-show so the Cruiserweights get the main show. Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because that's the only, yeah, that's the only other match that, like, okay, you know, that's that match has something to prove. It's not as anticipated, even though I think it'll be great. Um, they, the other announcement, so you think, due to process, are you excited about that Cruiserweight match? Not really. You're not even feeling that one from no. the cruiserweights, and is it just because of the way the cruiserweights have been presented? Correct. And you know, I'm a huge like Neville fan. You're the for biggest example. Neville fan I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the cruiserweights have not been presented well. I think the purple ropes. I feel are, like it's shoved down. It's the purple ropes are a disaster. Making them a separate show, but on Raw is a disaster. Like that's, I think that's just been a disaster. Um, but I think Austin Aries did so much with his time on Raw as a commentator and doing those interviews that he drew interest. And I'll tell you this, at the house show that I went to in White Plains... Oh, he, yeah, how was that? It was, I mean, it was fantastic, but he was uh, super popular, Austin Aries. People got excited when Austin Aries came out. And it's because of the stuff he was doing on Raw. It's because of the interviews and the commentary. He was great at that stuff. 
and and he and and he made something of himself and 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 that's that's what I think got the cruiserweights this match at WrestleMania and I as much as I would like to see them on the main show um you know if they steal the show on the pre-show you have the ability to do what Daniel Bryan did when Sheamus beat him in 11 seconds which is create a groundswell of support like if we watch a match on the pre-show and we go that match stole the show. Not the pre-show, the show. Then we go show the cruiserweight some love. You have a you have a give divas a chance hashtag moment where maybe you have the opportunity to do something. You know, there is opportunity. Flashback to Mania last year though. I mean, and that was a case in itself, but the house wasn't even a quarter full due no. to circumstances beyond control. But I mean then you have Ryback and Kalisto is, with no audience. Yeah, then now you've set him up for, come on. Yeah, no, that's true. No, that's true. That's going to be tough. The pre-show's never full at any event that I've ever went to. In, oh. I don't know about you, but th- that's a lot of events. Especially two-hour pre-show. Hopefully, they will push the Cruiserweight. If, if any of those matches needs to be pushed to the end of the pre-show, it's the Cruiserweight match. So there's as much audience as humanly possible. Hopefully, they put the Cruiserweight match on right before the main show starts. And we go from there. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was added at the last minute, uh, yeah, uh, Tuesday, was a ladder match stipulation to the triple threat tag match. Which was interesting because in my notes for today, I had, you know, it's weird that there's no ladder match at WrestleMania. <laughs> right. You know, that, that that was sick. There's always a ladder match. Right. Uh, I think that this, and, and I, I got some flack for saying it, but I tweeted out, I think that this is the match to put a ladder in. For a couple of reasons. Number one, it needed a stipulation. Now this match is interesting. Before, it felt like a match we'd already seen. Enzo versus Enzo and Cass versus Machine Gun and uh, and Luke Gallows versus uh, Cesaro and Sheamus. Feels like a match that we've seen because we've seen those three teams fighting each other so many times. And that match is guaranteed on the pre-show, by the way, without a ladder. If you do not make that a ladder match, that is on the pre-show, I promise. Yeah. Well, with a ladder, okay, now it's a little more interesting. I'm interested now, all of a sudden. I find myself being like, I'll watch a ladder match with those guys. I want to see what Enzo does with a ladder. I want to see what Machine Gun does with a ladder. I want to see what crazy stuff Cesaro does with a ladder. And not only... And, and, and the ladder also becomes symbolic. The ladder... Because you have guys that, like... I For me, Cesaro... And Enzo and Cass, and maybe I'm thinking too deep into this, but Cesaro and Enzo and Cass have, all three of them, have been on this very long journey to get the spotlight. And it's been very rocky at times, and it has not looked good at times. And they have metaphorically climbed the ladder. Oh, well played, Sam. To get to where they are. So, the fact that now they have to physically climb a ladder to become the champions, like if Enzo and Cass become the tag team champions at WrestleMania. That will be the first gold that they've held in the company. They were never NXT tag champions. Isn't that crazy to think about? Which is crazy. Yes. So the fact that after all this time, they would have to climb that ladder to get those titles, that, that to me, that means something. In a, in a, in a, in a standard match, I want Gallows and Anderson to retain the tag titles. In a ladder match... I want to see Enzo and Cass 
physically climb a ladder that matches their metaphorical ladder to get those tag titles. Maybe I'm a frou-frou artist. Does fourth grade want your essay back? Like, what's happening here? (laughs) I think will be an amazing, beautiful, almost Zack Ryder-esque moment. Well, then can we just throw a ladder into the Intercontinental Championship match, too? No, that means nothing to me. Really? What do you mean? You just went on a whole, like, soliloquy about how great a ladder is. It, it, it makes everything better. No. I, if you were like, Dean Ambrose and Baron Corbin are in a ladder match, I'd be like, why? But if you're like, there's a ladder in that tag match, I'll be like, oh. so what there's you're, a metaphor? What you're really saying here. Oh, my So what the ladder symbolizes is, yes, that's how I think. No one else is thinking that. Well, they will after this paper, uh, this this podcast. Oh. I'm telling you, you check your Twitter, Linden Doll, and you're going to see emojis. <laughs> Mind blown. Thank because you for of that Because of Sam Roberts. Yes. Thank you. Hopefully I have the opportunity to get into this on the pre-show, but I don't think they'll take me the 15 minutes it takes to, to fully explain <laughs> my ladder theory. I don't know. You got seven hours. <laughs> yeah, that's They'll be true. like, please, just any ideas you have. Yeah, we're looking to there. fill time, Sam. <laughs> well, I got this thing about the ladder that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you could go into the details of the hardware of the ladder. They'd be like, great. Anything now, you got. No, there are rumors that... Uh, it's like, that. what was the Super Bowl when the lights went out and they, nobody had anything to say? It was right. like, say anything. 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 Words. There, uh, there are rumors that this ladder match will become broken. Matt Hardy? That we will see a Hardy Boys addition to the ladder match. These are rumors. Whoa. So the Hardy Boys left TNA. You know yep. this. They signed to Ring of Honor. Apparently, this they are wrestling at the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor, which looks like an amazing show. I can't wait to hear about. Uh, I'm not going to be able to be there, unfortunately. But Adam Cole versus Marty Scarl, uh, and the the Bubba Dudley Briscoe's uh, six man, and uh, the Hardy Boys Bucks ladder match like that. I, I just, it's going to be an amazing show. If you're in Orlando and you're not going to the NXT show, go to Supercard of Honor. But apparently, it's a very short term deal that they signed with Ring of Honor, and the intranet is reporting that WWE has offered them a deal. Now, this works on a couple of reasons. Number one, as you may or may not know, uh, Impact is fighting them legally for copyrights on the broken gimmick. They're saying broken belongs to them. Oh, right, right, right. And so this this now leaves us in a, in a position where you're like, okay, Impact, well, now you can fight WWE's lawyers if you want to be broken so bad. Now you're not fighting the Hardys anymore. anymore. You're fighting Stanford, Connecticut. Which isn't going to... I mean, Impact's not winning that. Good luck. Yeah, that's done. That's done-ski. So, and and like I've said, I mean, I th- my dream scenario for the Hardys is to come in as broken, but then very quickly, exactly the same thing that happened to Hulk Hogan. Come in as Hollywood, realize, you know what? We love Hulk Hogan from WWE, and Hogan goes on a nostalgia run where he's just wrestling dream matches against everybody. Hardy boys, come in as broken... Very quickly realize we just love the Hardys. Stop being broken and go on a nostalgia run against every tag team. I just don't want the Hardys to turn into what happened to the Dudleys, because it was I don't so think it much will. hype. I don't and think so exciting. I, I think it'll be. I think it will be different and can be and will be handled differently. I believe. I think it will be. I think you can do more of a Hogan thing with the Hardys than than a, than what was done with the Dudleys. Because I get what you're saying with the Dudleys. They were almost just thrown back into the mix. Like, we're just one of the tag teams you have. Well, and it was great for two weeks. Right. But then it was like, okay. I mean, they, they help put over guys, but you're right. No, I know exactly what you're saying. I I don't know. I think it would be exciting to see them pop up in this match. Maybe interfere in the match. 
maybe they interfere with Sheamus and Cesaro and cost them something. So and then Enzo and Cass beat up the uh, Good Brothers and then they get the belts. I don't uh, titles. I don't know, but uh, but then we go back to our like come full circle. Do you need to add that at this point? You don't need to, but you do need. It would give people something to go home talking about. The Hardy Boys thing in the tag team division is not a Nakamura level, main event level thing. And they can just come out. And because it's a triple threat match, they can interfere in that match without costing Enzo and Cass all their good guy energy, if that makes sense. Maybe you approach it in the way of, like, the shield. How so? In these just keep bringing them, like, peppering them in. They can come out whenever. I don't know. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. I just, yeah, I think there's potential. I think that's the one thing I think there is potential for at the WrestleMania show. It could happen the Raw Monday Night Raw after, but I think there's potential for Hardys at WrestleMania. The other rumor, though, with that is that they can't afford Senor Benjamin because he, it's, it's a whole complicated issue. Here's what you don't know. What? Senior Benjamin works on the house. Free. No problem. What? He'll come in for free. No, he won't. Don't sell him short. He needs uh, yeah, he'll come in for free. We'll get him in. We don't work for drones. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, um, okay, so there's your there's your tag match. You got uh, Baron Corbin versus Dean Ambrose, Intercontinental title. Happy to see Baron Corbin with a spot. It's amazing that he has a singles match at WrestleMania, but... I feel like that match might be a little bit of a sleeper of a match, not because of either of the two, but that's a match where there's just so much going on at WrestleMania that that story maybe hasn't hasn't had the opportunity mm. to be told as much as some of the other stories. Um, of course, New Day is hosting. Um, what else do you got? What, what, what match should we talk about next? Do you have them in front of you? I'll tell you what. I don't. I, well, I might be getting ahead of myself. Can we talk a Goldberg match? No. If, you no. save that for the end. I mean, when, let's get into the main event. We've gone through two matches. Let's do the main event. It's um, boiling in my soul. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of main events, I feel like, after this. How about... Want to talk about Jericho Owens? Perfect. Okay. How do, I feel like... Uh, like It's going to be... I mean, obviously, it's going to be amazing. Um, I wish they'd had a little more time since the breakup to kind of add tension to this. Samoa Joe will probably be involved, and that's why he's not in any other match. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a great blow-off to an amazing... This match is almost a celebration of how great Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho have been for the last, you know, six months. And then where does it go from here? I think you move forward from here. You know, I think Jericho's probably got a... a Jericho doesn't have a lot of time left in WWE before he goes back on tour for music. He'll probably be back, but I don't think that Jericho's going to be part of a, a, a an active storyline, shall we say, every single week after WrestleMania. Maybe a month. Maybe he'll get to the next pay-per-view and do a rematch with Kevin Owens, but after that... I don't know. Wouldn't you argue he's in his prime? He almost? is in his prime, but he's got, a, he's got a tour. Like He's definitely going on tour with Fozzie. He's definitely doing that. Is that, like they're selling tickets, so I think that he'll step away, and I think he'll huh. definitely come back because I think he when's is the first tour date. I just probably I don't know off the top of my head. I think May or something. Maybe I might be wrong though. Um, but yeah, and I think it's not necessarily the worst time in the world for him to step away because stepping away 
at your peak is a good thing. Yeah, true. Because that way when he comes back, it'll be like, oh my God, Jericho's back. You know what I mean? Like he's still got a lot of, of, of whatever that word I'm looking for is uh, uh, built up, equity. He's got a lot of equity built up from this run. And so if he leaves not too long after WrestleMania, then uh, uh, I think he comes back really, really, really strong, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think this is going to be really cool. That's fair. And I think, like I said, I think it's just going to be a celebration of how much fun the team Chris and Kevin era has been. It's been I about don't, a year? Almost? No. It started uh, in August or so. Because SummerSlam, it was, I remember it was Jericho and Kevin Owens versus Enzo and Cass. And Jericho and Kevin Owens won. And I remember thinking, it's weird that you would just team up two random bad guys and they would beat Enzo and Cass. Like, that's weird. And then it became this amazing thing. So it was right, it was August. Um, but yeah, that that's that's what I think. Do you have any uh, any thoughts? I have nothing further to add. Yeah, just the same thing, right? Just it's the celebration of, of how good everything's been. Totally. I don't even, it's almost like I don't even care who wins. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I think it'll, whoever wins, I feel like it'll be done well. So I'm not worried about it. I'm, for Kevin Owens, and I would, I would recommend this to people for most matches, but specifically for Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho, sit back and enjoy it. Just be a fan. <laughs> just watch it. Like, just put your trust in those two guys and just sit back and watch and just enjoy what happens because I think that's, that's what's going to happen. You're going to enjoy whatever comes out of it, I think. And you don't do that often. You know what I mean? You're too busy trying to trying to figure out like, well, if they do this, but they should do this, but I like that, as opposed to just being like, yeah, let's let the professionals take care of it. You know? You just like pitched a campaign for them as if they're like running for senate. You're like, just, they got it, everything covered. I'm all yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was Look, like very these intense. guys are terrific. <laughs> they're gonna do. They're gonna you're. They're gonna do so well. You're gonna be tired of them doing well. Yep. Okay, you're gonna be sick of watching. They're great both gonna action. win. Yeah, Lots of winning. Well, uh, you know, get sick of winning. I don't know if uh, if Kevin Owens will win or Chris Jericho will win, but at the end of the day, we're all going to win, okay? Right. All of us will win after that match. Um, you got AJ versus Shane. How are you feeling as a, as a, as one of the bigger AJ Styles fans that I know? Uh, how are you feeling about, about this pairing for AJ? I don't know. I'm a, we found out last week on my podcast that uh, Shawn Michaels was offered the AJ Styles match, and he turned it down. So, which answers some questions that people had about this one. So, how do you feel about this pairing? My initial reaction was, I always just think Shane McMahon is, like, throwing himself to the wolves. Yeah. And, like, he, you know he's going to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm surprised by it every time. Now, are you bummed that AJ, who's probably, you know, one of the, who's probably the best, the best dude in WWE, or yeah. one of the best, has a match with Shane McMahon instead of somebody who, like, he could really tear the house down with, have a five-star match? No, I think it's strong, personally. Yeah. Many would not agree. You still have him at a top tier, like, on the card here. Yeah, that's... He's not getting Samoa Joe'd. That's what I think. I think that uh, what's valuable about this is the story that is behind it and the platform that he's on. This is one... This match has been given more time on SmackDown... Yeah. ...than the world title match has. This match has been given more time than Randy and Bray have been given, so I don't I, know if it's going to be the best match physically. But it will. But you're right. There will be something spectacular, and it'll be a cool story, you know. And would it be cool to see AJ 
have an amazing match at WrestleMania? Yes, and I think it'll happen. But I'm going to tell you this. My thoughts on AJ Styles is after WrestleMania, whether he's on Raw or SmackDown, AJ Styles needs to be the substitute for John Cena. When John Cena is not in that company, AJ Styles is your number one good guy. Kids love him. Dudes love him. Like, he, he, he relates to people. He clicks with people. And I understand that, like, because he came from outside of WWE and the vast majority of his career has been outside of WWE, that that's not the most natural way to go for a lot of people. But you have to understand, and we talked about this when he was on the show, that he, in a year... Remember when we talked to him last year? Yep. And he was just kind of, like, soaking it all in, like, whoa, this is big. Like, I can't believe this. Tell me, like, when you see AJ Styles now, do you even think of anything he did outside of WWE? No. Never. He is WWE superstar AJ Styles. He feels as loyal to that brand as anybody on the roster. And I, I just, I think that, that, you know, he has to be the immediate good guy, top good guy. In WWE, whatever brand he's on, that's your dude. That's your guy who's gonna who can take you for the next year or two, maybe. I don't know if he's got you know ten. I don't think he's got ten years in him, but I think he's got a couple years in him. And if you want to spend some time building somebody, put AJ on top as your number one good guy in the meantime, so you can sell tickets now while you build the next guy who will be there to take the throne from AJ Styles, who takes the throne from John Cena. That's my take on it. I think it's strong. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who you would put in that role besides AJ. I think the the big question is, to your point, how many years he has left, but I don't think you should be thinking in that direction. No, I think... Look look, at Jericho. Think about right now. Right? Like, think about, like, okay, we need to build a young guy. Perfect. Who's your top guy while you're building the young guy? Or do you just shove the young guy in before he's ready? Yeah, because that's worked out so well. Precisely. Instead, take an AJ Styles, make him your top guy. You know, take a Finn Balor, make him your top guy. For whatever, because these guys aren't in their 20s. They're not taking it for 15 years. But you can find a guy in the mean, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. I get it. You get it. If anybody gets it, Linendahl gets it. Yeah. Um. So then, what else do we have on Power this show? Power couples collide god how good is that this build then i mean on paper were you excited about this match on paper before no me neither until i saw the reality show total divas total whatever yeah yeah but no total bell is bullshit yeah i don't watch the real show no i watch the fake show right right is that i mean it's so good and how good has john cena been like real john cena or fake john cena first fake john cena then real john cena I just love the whole reality show. That's all I care about. What about, did you watch John Cena's promo on SmackDown this week? Yes. He called Miz a pussy. That's what the word that was edited out. That's incredible. For a guy like me, I understand. We're, we're, we're skirting here. We're going off brand. But for a guy like me, do you know how excited I get where I go, <laughs> what did he just call him? <laughs> oh, yes. Like, I was so pumped. Like, it was so, and then he tapped him in the dick. Did you see that? I did not. Oh, yeah, he tapped Miz in his dick. He's like, what, they don't work? And he tapped him right there. This is why you can't multitask while watching no, SmackDown. No, not a John Cena segment in, in 2017. <laughs> no way. John Cena is at this place in his career where he is so amazing because it's like, 
he's decided, you know, for a long time it was like WWE treated him like he was the next Jordan, right? Like he was their Michael Jordan. And in 2017, John Cena has walked out there and said, you know what? I am goddamn Michael Jordan. This is, like, I am, I'm untouchable here. And I'm going to go out every week and tell whoever wants to be in the ring with me why I am untouchable in WWE. I'm going to acknowledge that I'm the top guy, light years ahead of everybody, and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you how I got there, and I'm going to tell you why I will destroy you. I love that he went to Miz, and he goes, I usually say it's going to be a hard-fought match, but it's not. We're going to destroy you. Yes, John Cena. Da, 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 da. <laughs> yes. And the Miz has been like great since the draft split. This is the best Miz we've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you another thing that I want for after WrestleMania. Not just for AJ to be the top good guy. The Miz needs the WWE Championship. What? Yes. Yes. You're on bath salts. The Miz is your bad guy WWE champion for SmackDown. You're stretching. By a mile. Not even close. By a mile. People are going, are watching SmackDown and are buying tickets to see The Miz. Finally. He's on a whole other level. John Cena's on another level, but The Miz is on a whole other level than he's ever been. And Maurice is like the most valuable addition that he has ever made to his character. She has added... So much. Well, that's since day one. Her in her return. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. But, like, the the road that he's traveled in the last year, 2016 belonged to two people, AJ Styles and The Miz. Period. Because he's unapologetic and he's so Mizzy. It's so funny to think back, what, what was it, a year and a half ago, we were at WrestleMania talking to, or was that two years ago? Sandow, when it was like Mizdow. Like, think yep. about the character switch since exactly. then. Exactly. Exactly. The Miz was not ready for the WWE Championship when he had it at WrestleMania 27. He wasn't, and, and that's unfortunate. But it's time to make good on that title run. I think you need to think this through. And I, I've thought it through. I think about it all the time. Well, actually, that's true, because I can see it. You've never put more. No, I, I would immediately put the championship, the pay-per-view... After WrestleMania, it's time to give The Miz a WWE Championship run that's a real run. And he's a bad guy, and he's a chicken shit, and he's that's and he's got the championship. And it is so infuriating, because all the fans are like, how can you be the champion? And he'd go, because, in case you hadn't heard, I'm The Miz, and I'm awesome. Now let me kiss. The best thing, I, and this really like occurred to me when I was watching the reality show. At the end of it on SmackDown, when when Maurice took off the wig and John and and John Cena Miz takes off the hat and it's Miz and Maurice, when Miz talks all of his smack, and all of us at home are being like, "No, I don't agree with any of that," and then he turns around and he kisses his hot wife, who totally buys into everything he's saying. There is instant credibility put onto what he said, and you're going like. How can she think that that's true? Like, that's what you're, as an audience member, you're like, no, like, but I know that that's not true, but she thinks it's true. She believes what he's saying? She's a hot chick. I was just more surprised that he took his shirt off at the dinner table. I, I, that's all I was thinking about. I was confused. Well, it's that was rude. weird. It's rude. Well, it was, and it took a long time. 
Yeah. And I was like, this is awkward. Plus, it's like, bro, you don't look like John Cena when John Cena takes off his shirt. No. You know what I mean? It's different. But yeah, I mean, I do it too. I do it. I do it the pay per view after WrestleMania. Put the title on. That's a lofty statement. Yeah. After Bray, of course, Bray loses it to whether it's, we'll get into the title, maybe we'll get into the title match next. Bray loses it to Randy Orton. Or no, we'll get into the women's match next. Bray lo- if Bray loses it to Randy Orton, Randy Orton loses it to The Miz. Period. Now let's get into the women's title match. Um, What do you think about it? First of all, it's elimination. Did you know that now? Yes. It's not just traditional Fatal 4-Way. It's ECW rules. Fatal 4-Way elimination match. Right. Which means that if you lose this match, you have to get beat. Which means that unless Nia Jax walks out with the title, she's getting pinned. Which means that unless Charlotte walks out with the title, she's getting pinned on another pay-per-view. I kind of feel like... Here, well, I'm of two schools of thought. I don't think Nia Jax will win. Poetically, I would like the final two to be Charlotte and Be- Bailey. That, I think, poetically, is what you want to see. Bailey and Sasha. I said Sasha, right? No, you said Charlotte no. and Bailey. No, Sasha and Bailey is what I meant. I think poetically what we all want to see is Sasha and Bailey be the final two and then get some of that magic that we got at TakeOver Brooklyn. I mean, you remember that match. Of course. The top top rope reverse Frankensteiner. Insane. Right. I, you know, I still, it's it's very obvious that they view Charlotte as as close to a John Cena of the women's division How as you're going to get. Right. And I, and, I, and I buy that. I'm with that. But I still think... That for this moment, I would like to see Sasha and Bailey one on one because we've taken the journey with them because we know they're friends because Sasha still hasn't turned heel on Bailey. I'd like to see that be. I feel like you have room to make that grow though for the next. Well, that's why it's okay because you can grow from that, right? Because it's not a singles match between Bailey and Sasha. True. It's like they've just been through this war, and then they look up, and out of the rubble, who's left? Bailey and Sasha. And it's like, all right, friend, let's go. And then, you know, I if it's me, Bailey leaves WrestleMania the champion. Not only for Bailey, but because I don't think the women's title needs another switch. I was surprised that with Charlotte's up to how many times women's champion? Something like five times or something. Five, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And I get that, like, the idea was that Charlotte and Sasha were just pushing back and forth. You never know what's going to happen. These two are equal. But I would like Bailey. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, Katie. Sasha Banks is my favorite wrestler. Oh, really? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But, <laughs> but... It's huge, Sam. And I think that she needs that spotlight with Bailey one on one, and and the two of them really need to show the audience something because Charlotte's had a lot of space to show the audience what she brings to the table, and she capitalizes on it every time. But I'd like, to, and I'd like to see, I'd like to see Bailey leave with the title, and maybe Sasha gives her a look, doesn't turn on her outright. Maybe she does turn on her. The seeds need to be planted for a Sasha Banks heel turn uh, that leaves. At the, then that's where we go after WrestleMania. Bailey and Sasha are feuding. It's kind of an obvious one, though. I hate to say it. It's a little obvious. It's a little obvious. But I still want those... However you do it, I want those two to be my final two. What do you think? I just, I just, that's too easy. That's like a layup. Who do you want to walk out? Champion. The wild card's Nia Jax. 
You went nine. Well, I'm. You know, that's stranger, the, I don't think she's ready for it. Far stranger things speaking. have far stranger things have happened. Far stranger things have happened than Nia Jax walking out. If they want to decide she is a monster or not, like most girls, depending on. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I like cookies and cupcakes. Just all the sweet things. Seven in the world. years of classical voice training. Stickers. That's what you get. <laughs> That's what you get. Um. But but yeah. Yeah. Stickers. I, she just likes girly Stickers things. Stickers and mad libs. <laughs> <laughs> I like Lisa Frank. <laughs> I like its magazine. And emojis. I got a babysitter's club. <laughs> um. <laughs> She's just such a nice person. Sometimes I read Goosebumps. <laughs> I love R.L. Stein. <laughs> so dumb. I ordered from Scholastic Troll Books. <laughs> Remember the book fair? That was the shit. <laughs> Excuse my language. Even I would get excited about those, and I can't even read. So uh, uh, I'm illiterate. I don't know if I've made that clear. Um, but... <laughs> Okay, so Nia Jax, I could see it. I could see it. And if Nia Jax walks out, you heard it here first from Linendahl. Um Come on, she's been getting the biggest push ever. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I could it's see like it. Accelerated times a thousand. Who does she pin? So, so are the final two maybe Bailey and Nia? And so we all think Bailey's going to walk out and retain the title, but Nia Jax pins Bailey. I really don't think it's going to happen. But in a in, in your a, world, yeah, in my world. You know, I yeah. see. I see that because that's, that, that's, that's a swerve. That's a twist. You're like, oh, okay, well, obviously Bailey's winning. Nope, Nia's walking out. That, but where does the story go from there? Then you got Bailey and Nia. Bailey chasing her title back from the monster. Me. I mean, not like most girls. She's not like most <laughs> girls. She likes cookies and cupcakes. Let me ask you this, because I think I think she likes fondant. I, I think he said it, <laughs> but just the chocolate kind. Because it really tastes like crap, but it always looks good. <laughs> I think that you said this on a podcast. If How do you feel about the this Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton build? Because, I mean, to me, they are dipping really kind of far into Satanism. I didn't you I said it. That's what I read from the scenario. Now, keep in mind, you know you and I are different people. Yeah. And I don't mind a little Satanism in my wrestling. Are you? <laughs> See, you just opened up... You opened up the can of worms that they use to cut in between those weird burning the house down <laughs> shots. By the I, way, speaking of burning... How great were AJ Styles' promos where he's like, Randy Orton gets the main event the show, he burned a man's house down! <laughs> it was good. Really good. It was good. Dude... It's not for you. Not for me. No, and I, I think it's a, a poor example to be setting. I don't care what kind of wrestling fan you are. Mm-hmm. When you start bringing in things like cult and Satanism, sorry, dude, not okay. You know what? When when I felt it's like it's a poor representation for kids, for family. Uh huh. And and you're you're stretching deep when you're using vernacular like Beelzebub. Sorry. I felt like I was like sorry, kid. not sorry. I didn't. It didn't strike me with the that vernacular. Because although you, you don't know that at that time. Although you're right. You're right. But first when he did like the ashes on his face, I was like, huh. And then the, the symbol. The, it just It's really close to a cross, right? Well, and talking about worshiping. and I, Yeah. You know what? Do you really need to go there? So Let's, even, like, come not, on, man up. You're not interested in the bill for this match because you don't like no, the Satanism. I checked out. All right. All right. I respect it. I checked out with, with good light power. I respect it. 
I don't mind a little Satanist men wrestling, though. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. you go, go ahead and do whatever you want. God is on my side. Who's well, on yours? That's probably true. Yeah, I got Bray Wyatt. I got the Wyatts. Yeah, I'm going to need a lot more than that. Oh, really? Some buzzards to take down my... Sister Abigail? Yeah, not enough. Not going to happen. <laughs> not enough. I got a war fight in here. <laughs> a war of faith. <laughs> well, uh, uh, who do you want to... Who do you want to walk out with the title? I mean, Randy Orton's probably less satanic than At Bray this Wyatt. rate, the devil will. Uh... I don't. I don't really care. Right. Just too I much really Satanism. Don't. Yeah, I checked out. Too much Satanism. Okay. Because it was so good, and then you had to like throw that in there for no reason. Well. Well, what? Bray Wyatt's always had that kind of. Yeah, but it was always fringe. Yeah. And then it just like took this other deep end that was totally uncalled for. I mean, you're talking. Like, and again, anyone that wants to argue with me, think about what you're saying. You're gonna worship Satan stuff. Screw that. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, it's characters. It's like Come watching a movie. It's like watching The but Devil's it Advocate. It went on for 20 minutes. Yeah, but I mean, you're, 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 it's like watching a movie. I don't care. About a guy who does that. What and is, lots it, of what is being that. said, though, in that character? Well, that, yeah, you don't. Your kid's watching that? Go ahead. But I also think that, like, one of my favorite eras of The Undertaker was when he was in charge of the Ministry of Darkness. And that was way more satanic than this. When we talked about this, I I thought back about that. Yeah. And that's where I say you don't think about it as like a kid. Right. Because I so see. It's subliminally. So it even makes you be messaging. like it even like because I said that to you and you were like, I never thought about that. And right. it made you go like, oh, huh. but but I but you get but you see that you now, agree with that. Right. 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 OK. So let's talk about uh, speaking of wars. Happy the... Easter, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, War of what? Where are you at? Oh, we have three matches. Do we still? Uh, Seth Rollins versus Hunter. Not that excited, huh? I am not. How do you feel? Uh, I like the journey it's been on. Uh, I think it ramped up pretty fast. I do too, and I think part of that was because maybe they legit didn't know whether he was going to make it or not. Maybe it was touch and go for a second. I'm assuming, I think that the injury is legit. I think. I might be wrong. Because otherwise, you know, because he was legit off TV for a month and a half. If he, if it's not legit, I love it. I love the idea of taking somebody a month off TV for a fake I don't think they would do that. Take him off TV? No. Right, so it's probably legit. Which is why I think it could have easily, maybe it was touch and go for a little while. But um, but I, uh, I, I, I think that it did ramp up quick. But I think it was ramped up well. I loved Seth Rollins' promo on Raw this week. When he said he was going to get back to the Seth Rollins that he was before he met Triple H. Like, I thought that was awesome. Because it's almost like this, like, be like, oh, yeah, we only know Seth Rollins. The Shield, Triple H, da-da-da. But, like, there's a whole NXT, FCW, everything before that, Tyler Black. Like, there, there is, uh, this man existed and was a popular superstar before Triple H. So it's like, it's, you know, just something about that statement was like, yeah, now I, that, I'm behind that statement. I get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. And I mean, I think I, uh, Triple H is in amazing shape. He wrestled at the house show, and he was just, I mean, he's... he's. Oh, who'd he wrestle at the house show? It was a triple threat. Triple H, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, versus Balor, Jericho, Sami Zayn. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, but I, and I, and I think that like, you have to sp- almost spend some time with this one. Like, it's not all at the surface, I don't 
think. I don't think that they've put everything at the surface for this match in the sense that, like, this match is years in the making. And that's the context that we have to put it in. And I would imagine, you know, the the, the Metallica video for the lead-up to this match was really, really good. I would imagine there is going to be an amazing video package for this match at WrestleMania. Because it is a story two years in the making. And that is something that I think will get across right before the match and will just get you buzzed up as these guys make their entrances. I think it ramped too quick. I mean, again... It's my opinion. Yeah, I get it. I get it. First of all... It doesn't feel that, like, wholesome. Like, the the story, it's like a relationship that went... Right, you mean like... And I know it had Like, it doesn't feel whole. Well, it, it just needed more time. But I think that I, I think that it will all of a sudden feel like it makes sense once a video package comes out explaining the two years. I think that's all it'll take. It'll be like if you remember at WrestleMania twenty seven, when the Miz was defending the title against John Cena, there was a video package that was put on for the Miz right before his entrance. Go back and watch that if you haven't watched it, because it was one of the best things they've produced. It was so good, and all of a sudden, it got you to identify with The Miz. You That can get done. WWE is the best video production guy. And let that be said, because I think people take for granted the production quality that goes on yep. behind the scenes from the music to the editing. They make everybody look like a million bucks. Yes, I agree. And I think it's going to be an amazing match, too, by the way. I think that we're going to have a great video package leading into it. And then the match is going to be amazing. But I think it's necessary that the video package tell the story of the last two years, not the last month. Because you're right about the last month. The last month has been spotty. But the last two years, that's a story. And that's what's culminating this uh, Sunday at WrestleMania. Um, How about Roman Reigns versus Undertaker? I think I'd rather see somebody than Roman in that. I'm actually a Roman Reigns fan. Why is that? I don't think it's a good match up. How come? Because I feel the Undertaker's so iconic that mm-hmm. I would rather see him go against somebody like, not saying that Strowman's iconic, but mm-hmm. somebody young and fresh and... You don't feel Roman's fresh anymore? No. I would never put him in that spot. Never. I have to tell you something. I've really started started to grow... I Again, I was with you. I, th- I might have said it to you. I wanted... What did I, no, I wanted Undertaker Goldberg. I went to Undertaker, Goldberg, Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Originally, originally, like before Royal Rumble. Once Undertaker eliminated, once Roman Reigns eliminated Undertaker, I was like, okay, that's that's the match for WrestleMania. But what's the story there? You just talked about the, how the, Triple H and Rollins had a, had a, such a long history. The, long history, you know. Right. The story is that Roman Reigns is the f- one of the first guys... To not, and not even be a true bad guy about it, to say, no, Undertaker, this is my yard. Go home. Like, like that's, and that's why, like, I've gotten, I've gotten, found myself getting buzzed about this match. And this is going to freak you out, Linendal. Yeah. I want Roman Reigns to win the match. And the reason is. People will be so mad. That's the point. Like, to me. The Roman Reigns that we're seeing on TV is the Roman Reigns we've been asking for. He is a bad guy. He's being a bad guy. What could you possibly do that's worse as a wrestler than to disrespect The Undertaker? 
than to go on and say, how am I preparing for a match with The Undertaker? No, more importantly, how is The Undertaker preparing for a match with me? I don't care what these fans say. I don't care what Shawn Michaels says. I don't care what The Undertaker says. I don't care what the commentators say. I don't care what anybody says. This is my yard. I am going to end The Undertaker. Then if that's the case, they have to really drive it home because it's been push and pull. It's been he's been good guy. It's been really weird for the last couple of years. Well, maybe it's not so so It needs to be defined and clear. I don't think it can be because if, Wait, if he beats The Undertaker, people are going to be pissed. Here's, and that's okay because kids— So then, yeah, make him a bad guy through and through. No, because he's still, like, worshipped by kids. You don't the, the reaction that he gets at house shows is bigger than anyone else on the Raw roster. It is. I mean, I just saw him at a house show this weekend. And he has a different level of response. Like, he is on a different level than the other guys. So, like, there is something there. And— uh, and so I think it's a little more complicated than just is he a good guy or is he a bad guy. He's like Switzerland then. Well, he's that. that's why I, I think— I think that's weird. It's a little weird, but they have to drive home more the, the concept of I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm the guy is a good concept. But you can't just literally say that. It sounds so corny. Like, it's terrible. <laughs> but— that concept of, like, don't worry if I'm a good guy or a bad guy. I'm Roman Reigns. React however you want, because I'm getting the loudest reaction. Boo, yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, I, you look at Cena. And it worked. Long term. Really long term. Look at the long haul of John Cena. A lot of bad years. A lot of years where you were like, uh, you kind of rolled your eyes a little bit. But now, we got Cena Jordan. You know what I mean? And I think, I think... Roman is doing bad guy stuff. And what I think Roman should do is, like, have a match with The Undertaker where he's... A, under, Roman should do with The Undertaker similar to what Sean did with Ric Flair. Where he, like, hits him with the Superman punch, covers him, one, two, kick out. Roman is going, stay down. Just stay down. I don't want to keep beating you up. Stay down. And Undertaker just won't stay down until finally Roman Reigns puts him down. And then Roman Reigns is unapologetic. That, to me, is the best Roman Reigns, an unapologetic Roman Reigns. Who would you replace Roman with in this match? If you had to. Uh, I don't... John Cena? That would be the other Undertaker match I want to see. AJ Styles could be cool, but it would be a totally different story. John Cena versus Undertaker is a story of icon versus icon. It just is. John Cena's at that point. Not quite. Icon versus icon is what that would be. Uh, AJ Styles versus Undertaker is more like just bad guy AJ Styles. It would be similar to CM Punk versus Undertaker. When it was just CM Punk is just a, a nasty bad guy who's like up yours, Undertaker. Like that would be what AJ Styles did. But this match is different. And this match... Roman Reigns is symbolizing what we've all been saying about part-timers for a long time. Roman Reigns is telling The Undertaker to go home. Because I got this. Go home. We don't need you. And maybe he'll say the same thing to Brock Lesnar. Brock, you're not so tough. Go home. This is, it's my time. It's not your time. I get it. Oh, let's come in, you know, once every two months and draw a big house. Okay, fine. Do that. Just go home. Because I'm going to, I'm the one who's going to run this company, not you. Like, I want to be the guy. 
and I don't want part-timers stealing my spot. Because that's what Roman Reigns is really saying. Undertaker, I don't, you can't have my spot. You just got, you have, where have you been? This is my yard. It was your yard. It's mine now. And I could use without, if, if they never said the word yard again, it would probably be okay. <laughs> but that's the story that to me is a, is a captivating story. And like, I'm interested to see what they do with it. And maybe it's because I feel like every time I go to a house show and see Roman Reigns, I get like all excited about Roman Reigns again. <laughs> like, it's just like, I just get all like hyped up about it. But that is where I came to the realization that I wanted Roman Reigns to beat The Undertaker at the house show. I was like looking at him and he was like putting his arms up in the air. And I was like, I want him to beat The Undertaker. I want him to win. But it's the same reason I wanted Bray Wyatt to beat The Undertaker. Oh, we would have loved to have seen that. Because I don't, I want young guys winning. And it's like, you know, I yeah. like, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want young guys winning? Yes. Okay, so then say he beats The Undertaker. Where does that go? To the title. If you beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, you better, you better believe it goes to the championship. And that's, and again, these are stories that you have to understand. It's not like just this Roman Reigns is now going to be the champion. It's, let's see what happens to this Roman Reigns. Let's see what kind of moments he has leading to the title. Because you remember when the crowd changed their minds. Remember when Roman Reigns, we were at that show, when Roman Reigns beat up Triple H, and all of a sudden everybody loved Roman Reigns for two days? Yeah, what was that, TLC? I think so. And they screwed it up. <laughs> but it was two days of everybody loving Roman Reigns. They screwed it's it up true. after. But everybody loved Roman Reigns for two days. Things change. So so this story can be told, but this is a story with potential. All right. In my mind. Now we main event dun, dun, dun. with Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. And let me get your thoughts first. Because obviously I'll have some kind of weird soliloquy that you'll be like, I think you're reading too much into this. You're overthinking again, Sam. Let me tell you something. Yeah. So help me uh -huh. if this goes 30 seconds and he hugs his kid. <laughs> Look, you're all about family. All about family. Are you, you kidding love me? kids. Are you kidding me? That goes unspoken. I don't, need to, I don't need to preface with that. No. It's played out. Right. You've seen it. He needs these matches to be longer. Mm -hmm. It's getting ridiculous. Mm -hmm. People are getting irritated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I let up. And got myself a DC Diet Coke, right. came back, and the thing was over. No more match. Come on. So, And this was not in an arena. This was in your house. Right. It's not far. Just yeah. the fridge. You got to use the arena restroom, you're screwed. You might as well get in the parking lot, go home. Yeah. Beat the crowd. Yeah. Leave at the entrance. Uh-huh. It ain't going to last. Nope. Tell me what you think of this moment. I already talked about it on this show with Dan Soder earlier, but it, it, it bears repeating. Because this is my, this is to me, this is the moment I've created in my head that I am so married to and I will be so, I mean, I will be in the stadium. I might burn down the stadium if this, uh -oh. if this moment no, doesn't happen. No, don't do it, Sam. I need this call moment. Call me if you need to talk it out. I might burn it down. Call me, call me. You're not, gonna. You, you, nobody's going to be there to stop me from burning the place down. I'm so, worried for, for, for your own long term. But listen to this moment, though. Okay. Tell me if this is... So, what have, what have we seen Brock Le, uh, Goldberg do to Brock Lesnar every time they've come into contact? What's the first thing? Oh, I've always missed it, so you tell me. Spear. 
Brock always goes down to the spear. Yeah. We saw it on Monday when they had the confrontation. It's just not believable. Well, hang on. Hear okay. me out. Hear me out. Sorry. They confronted each other on Monday. They said, let's do this right now. Brock Lesnar goes out to meet Goldberg. Goldberg. Goldberg spears him, takes out Lesnar again. I think he speared him at the Rumble, right? He speared him at Survivor Series for sure. Goldberg, Brock Lesnar cannot win if he gets speared. If he gets speared, he will go down, and Goldberg will pick him up and will jackhammer him, and he cannot kick out of the jackhammer. Okay? We know this. Here is my moment. Ding, ding, ding. The match starts. What's Goldberg going to go for first? He's got two moves. What's the first move? He's going to spear him. Spear. But then miss. What is, there's your moment. What happens when Brock Lesnar dodges it? Heyman. No, that's it. That's the whole moment. Brock, he doesn't hit the spear. Every time he's hit the spear, he never misses the spear. This is your big idea? If Goldberg misses the spear, then everybody watching in that one moment, that's the moment. When Goldberg misses a spear, anything can happen. Because now Brock Lesnar is still standing and he's smiling at Goldberg. And Goldberg is on the ground like this has never happened to me. I don't understand. I don't what's what's my arsenal now? What's he gonna do? Go for another spear? He's gonna have this look in his eyes like how did he how did he avoid a spear? And Brock Lesnar's gonna have this look in his eyes like I did my homework, buddy. I know you. What else you got? Yeah, I know you had that. What else you got? And that's when we're all going to realize that this is different. Sam, you've you've painted an amazing picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, if it's a true Norman Rockwell here, yeah. a Thomas Kincaid, if you will. Yeah. It's like okay, so that's like ten seconds. But that's where everything starts to happen. And then. That's where your story then, gets told. Now you've then, got a real fight. Now you've got a real fight. Now you got Brock Lesnar throwing haymakers and Goldberg throwing haymakers and they're going outside the ring. But that's the moment that everybody will care about that match. Everybody who doesn't care about the match now because they've been soured on Goldberg. And by the way, Brock Lesnar is going to get cheered in that stadium. He gets cheered no matter what. Because people are soured on Goldberg. Roman Reigns is going to get booed in that stadium if he beats Undertaker. If Brock Lesnar beats Goldberg... And he gets cheered, and Roman Reigns beats The Undertaker, and he gets booed. What do you need for a heel turn? In a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? Who's getting cheered? Brock, who's getting booed? Roman. That's it. This is the thing. This is the turn. What if, hypothetically speaking, you, you know better how, not. It's better not involve him not missing the spear because he misses. I'm telling you, it's before that. It's oh. before that. Oh, okay. What if right. you know where he like gets all jacked up, you know, coming down and in the, his entrance, and the door knocks him out. Yeah, he gets a concussion. He like smashes his head and he gets a concussion, he and then that. he tries to work through it, and then the pyro goes off and he gets a quad pull because he like he does the leg kick thing. Would well, then just throwing I mean, it, out ideas? That would be a disaster. It wouldn't be, though, because he only has 30 seconds left to compete. He can't make it through. Katie, you're not listening to me. Your 30 seconds to compete theory does not involve my missing the spear theory. You're missing the spear theory. You really talked yourself into this one. Wait till, wait till you see it play out. Dude, you got to have something after the spear miss. That's the whole match. After you miss the spear, you can have a match. If you don't miss the spear... I, clearly, there he's not ready for a full match. You can get the, the, the shit kicked out of you. He's ready for that. How's he going to stop it? It's the beast. 
That's the moment where now, now we're dealing with something. He missed the spear. Now he's going to have to pay. And then does he taunt his family in the front row? Yeah, I would. I huh. hope so. He better. Okay. You I know like I, that. You know I, lo- you know I love getting families involved. You know I love when things get personal. It's my favorite. That's why I love this John Cena Miz thing so much. I love when things get personal. But I, I, I would imagine Brock Lesnar will leave with the title. And that will all be centered around this one moment. And and and. and is that the run of Goldberg? Yeah, Goldberg's done, I think. I mean, he might come back. You know, he's been the run's been successful, however you want to say it. It has been. I mean, he sold. It's sold. It's worked. It's sold T-shirts. It's sold tickets. It's I just sold don't know how many more times you can do, do this. Yeah, I mean, deal. I mean, I, I could see him coming back for SummerSlam in six months, or however long it is. Yeah, March, April, May, June, July, August. Five months. I could see him coming back to do something at SummerSlam, but I don't think it'll be this ongoing story with Brock. You know, I think this is it. But. Yeah, and then, you know, if it's Roman and Brock the next night, maybe. If it's Finn Balor and Brock, maybe. Maybe it's Finn Balor and Roman. Maybe it's Samoa Joe and and Brock. You know, there's a whole bunch of different scenarios the next night. Maybe it's Nakamura and Joe. You know, maybe it's Nakamura and Roman. Maybe it's Nakamura and Brock. You know, there's tons of different things you can do. Maybe it's uh, Asuka and Brock. I don't know. It's tough as hell. She's got an undefeated streak, too. That's true. You can beat Goldberg. You can't beat my undefeated streak. That's what she'd say. That's true. We're just throwing out hypotheticals. I'm just saying. There's a lot that could happen. And it all centers around WrestleMania. Are you pumped yet or what? Pumped, man. Yeah. You ready to see Miss Esper? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I can't. Do you know? I'll piss myself when he does that. I'll be so excited I will urinate myself. I'll lose control of my functions. That's how excited I'm going to be about I'll that. I'll be more excited to see that than the Miss Spear. <laughs> so, but if you see him miss a spear, are you going to know how excited I am? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if he. I'll be so happy. Do you understand what? Why am I the only one? Your pants. I can't be the only one. If he misses a spear, the world changes. You act like you just like figured out like the whole world a, is a missing that, equation. It's one moment that solves the universe. It does. It's one moment that changes everything. You're a smart guy, Sam. This isn't your best work. How many moments change everything? Singular moments can change everything. The flap of a butterfly's wing. That's an Ashton Kutcher movie. All right. That's <laughs> a reach. All right. I'm not talking about butterfly effect. I'm talking about a direct effect. You don't get it, Lennon, no. I'm over your head on this one. Yeah. Cue some pit bull. <laughs> Dumb. Yeah. That's what I'm excited about, the pit bull show. Yeah. Listen, Katie, I'm glad you were here. I'm glad good we, times. I'm glad we picked your brain about WrestleMania. Um, are you doing Taz's show after WrestleMania? I am not. Oh. I will be working on a project on location. Why won't you tell anybody what it is? Because it's a secret. Oh, my God, Katie. Will people actually know about it? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen. Everybody uh, tune in the network and everything, all right? We'll see you all later. Jazzy. There it is. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.